Oh, Jesus, you just killed me. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on without me for a moment. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSense, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSense, Jeremy Scott. Hello, and from Music Video Sense, Barrett Share. Happy July! Happy July! Happy July! <laughs> you blew my mind because it's because it's definitely July as we <laughs> yeah. as we record this. That's weird. It is for sure July. Totally. Definitely not late June. No, no, no. <laughs> Um, there's gonna be shit that happens in the next two weeks that's the that's that we don't isn't, address isn't that, isn't that my our biggest fear that when we do something in advance that we'll be sitting here going man i love this person and then it'll be of course oh, I, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> in the next two weeks like chris pratt will have saved a baby or something like that and then like i'll yeah it'll it, it's always something like that oh hopefully i mean i guess that could happen even if you were like we did it a few days in advance yeah. and then we came out with it on monday and then on monday <laughs> i mean it still has the same uh, risk right. but uh anyway uh we're gonna go back on our road trip today road, road trip. trip on the road again the most time-honored tradition of all the road trip oh the places you'll go are we there yet no are we there yet no are we there yet no and we're going to go to Michigan. You yeah. know, I'm going to get so much shit if we fuck anything up here because one of my good friends, Jason, um, I see him every week for like lunches and whatnot. We talk every day online. He's from Michigan. Ah. Born and raised. Dicer, our buddy, born and raised in yeah, Michigan. Yeah, guess oh, what? that's right. Yeah. Guess what? If someone's from Michigan, they can't wait to fucking tell you. <laughs> they, uh, now, that is definitely true. And point on the goddamn hand. As Michigan, <laughs> where in Michigan they live, like they're the first person ever to use their hand. And they in love the they love using the term Michigander and and, and calling it the UP instead yeah, of the Upper Peninsula. The UP, yeah. By the way, saw a movie that uses that liberally. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. Um. Michigan, full of assholes. <laughs> oh my god! And they're Indiana's hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bunch of dicks. Um, no, uh, we here down in Tennessee, we we uh, have a lot of Michiganders because of the Saturn plant that opened in early 1990s, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And um, and when that happened, there was just an influx of people from Michigan. So we've all run into a lot of people from Michigan. Well, to the point where when, for the first 10 years of the Predators' existence, when the Red Wings would play here, literally half the stadium would it be was wings a home, fans. home team home game i mean them. people forget that it's not that way anymore but it was for a long like you would get drowned mm-hmm. out as a preds fan by the wings fans in your own building yeah. because of all the auto parts oh stuff. and that was the most annoying thing too you'd be listening to a predators broadcast and the red wings would do something special and you would be like oh they must be in detroit tonight <laughs> and you're like no nope, they're not fuck they're not <laughs> um anyway let's uh let's kick this off with uh, a michigan as fuck movie eight mile eight, eight mile. mile you know everything i know about detroit comes from this movie and my one trip to detroit in in college which was late 90s <laughs> when detroit was definitely not what it has turned itself around to be today yeah um but i went to visit a girlfriend over christmas break or winter break or something and we 
She lived an hour from Detroit. We drove into Detroit. We went to the Henry Ford Museum, which is an awesome place. Mm. Uh, and then we went downtown, and it, it was like that Arby's commercial where no oh, one is yeah. there anymore, and the rapture had happened. And then it, was, it was like, <laughs> where is everybody? Exactly. Buildings were get all there, were. but yeah. no, none of them were occupied anymore. And that was when I had... I was confronted with this reality. I didn't really realize a city could be like that, mm-hmm. but everything had moved out to Ann Arbor and now they've sort of revitalized and turned things around. And, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, everything I know about Detroit comes from that one trip and this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't really feel compelled morally to do any more research. I think that's enough. <laughs> you know the area picture. code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Eight Miles one of the one of the best uh, crowd reaction movies I've ever walked into. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's just one of those Eight Mile when it came out, just it sold out obviously at Hollywood Twenty Seven a couple of times. You know during that opening weekend and everything, and and when you know Eminem's up there doing his shit, man, it's everybody is just engaged. You mm-hmm. know it's, that's how good that whole thing is. <laughs> And uh, people, you know, when you're an active participant in a movie, I, I feel like this Eight Mile Jackass even are, yeah. are those type of movies where you love being in there and observing other people. Did you get the reaction it. of like the oh yeah man? Like that? Oh no, yeah, nice. they're all over it, man. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah, and uh, and and you know, it, they do it well. Of course, they make him fail so horribly at <laughs> yeah. the beginning, and he's he's an underdog the entire movie. And you just don't. I mean, he doesn't look like he's got this in him at all. And then by the end of it, he's killing it. So oh, real, real question. He's legitimately good in this movie, Eminem, right? I think so, but I think it's. I think it's one of these instances where he's good because he doesn't have to act. He's himself. He's himself. Yeah. And I, I think ultimately they probably decided to cast him for the authenticity in the rap portions mm-hmm. um, and just hope the acting would be good enough. And I think it was better than that. I, I think, think it was too. Yeah. I think he acquitted himself fine, but I think it means something that you haven't seen him pursue a career in acting. Right. Uh, that this was a story he wanted to tell and could tell, but not, I want to be an actor. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the better version, the better acting version of Prince in Purple Rain. Yeah, basically. I was about to say, this movie is often compared to Purple Rain. It's very much like it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a lot better. Yeah, it is. I know you love Purple Rain. <laughs> I know. I have a hard time. It is. You know, when we get to Minnesota... Uh, that's going to be an interesting conversation i think yeah purple rain I, i've got specifics yeah. I, I, I'll, I'll be able to equip myself nicely but this is i was i was living in louisville with a bunch of hipsters at the time that this came out in 2002 right around 2002 and i was derided for even wanting to see this movie as soon as the trailer came out and i think lose yourself was in the trailer it yeah. was that dun, dun, oh yeah, dun, oh, yeah. Dun. And I was fucking there, even though I wasn't a huge fan of Eminem. Like I, he was almost like a, like a novelty act. He wasn't like a serious rapper in my mind, but I was psyched to see this movie. And it was like fucking Eminem. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's great by any means. Uh, it's so watchable, but though. it is watchable. Yeah. yeah. And it, it brought us Anthony Mackie too. Yeah. And I love Anthony Mackie. Yeah, man. Papa Doc. Um, yeah, that movie ruined me for rap real rap battles though because mm-hmm. if you if you go on like youtube and look <laughs> yeah. up real rap battles i don't know what the fuck is going on and the crowd every single one of them do and you know this movie's so everybody's so articulate and even <laughs> though i don't exactly know the implications of everything being said i understand all the words being said yeah um and you know it just 
That's not what real rap battles are like. No, all. real rap battles are for setting up memes of dudes like falling off frame and doing yeah. the Yeah, oh. yeah. Which uh, we found out was a, a YouTube, uh, some YouTube thing where yeah. it's like not even a... It's a it's a guy pretending to be good at rap right, battles, yeah. and he and he uh, you know he says something that's just absolutely <laughs> mundane, and everybody's oh! I saw a great repurposing of that gift too, where because you know this thing that 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 this kid did a couple years ago at a talent show at university where he flipped a half full water bottle and it landed perfectly on a stool on yeah. stage, and people have done variations of that. So this was a gift. Of a guy that flipped flipped a bottle and it landed perfectly on the counter right next to his cat. And the cat immediately bats it off the counter and it flips and lands perfectly on the floor. <laughs> and then it cut to that gif of those people freaking out, but it's all cat faces instead of their face. So the guy who goes by the camera is a cat. <laughs> I'll have to send that Oh, my God. Awesome. I definitely need to see that shit. Um, and then uh, now after that, we have 30 minutes or less. Mm. This came up in regular conversation recently. It did because there's a, there's a documentary on Netflix called evil genius uh out right now and it's maybe four episodes long very very good if you ever want to catch that but, this is the Duplass brothers definitely. yeah the Duplass brothers uh did this uh produced it um and uh it's a it's about a story that i had heard of a, a long time ago about a guy who went into a bank basically with a a uh, a cane for a gun it was a cane gun mm -hmm. and um and the when he when he got caught by cops he said i'm just a pizza delivery guy they strapped a bomb to me they told me to go into this bank and all that very strange story indeed and of course he he got blown up too mm -hmm. that was the that was the bad part of it obviously uh but then after all of that there the story just gets weirder and weirder like you know did this was this guy in on it did he actually just was he just delivering pizzas that day whatever so they made a movie called 30 minutes or less mm -hmm. which uh takes off on this well it wasn't supposed the, to and it's the comedy version you are right <laughs> because after all yeah. um, did you see the humor in this what a cast though it's yeah, a really good cast jesse eisenberg danny mcbride nick swartzen aziz aziz i'm sorry mm -hmm. um but yeah, it's not a funny movie, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I didn't not. really like it at all. No, I never saw it. I I saw, I don't remember much about it. I just saw it and I was like, eh, that was average, below average, somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, Ruben Fleischer did this. Who did uh, Zombieland? Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, wow, it's kind of got a similar aesthetic, but just not nearly as funny as as yeah, Zombieland. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely hoping for more with that. Anyway, uh, then there is American Pie. Yeah, all uh, set in Michigan. All of them. All nine of them are set in Michigan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even the Bandcamp spinoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know what? From my, from, to my recollection, watching this movie in, what was it, 99? 99. Because mm -hmm. we were at Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I remember watching it in 15, and it did kind of feel like they got the Michigan thing right. Mm -hmm. Like, these kids felt like Michigan, the, the Michigan kids I went to college with. Like, yeah. you know, basically normal people who are 10% more full of themselves. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and anyway. they always ejaculate into beers, too. Indeed. It's very annoying. I mean, people, it's it's easy to make jokes about the American Pie franchise mm -hmm. and even some of the people who starred in those movies. But this was a big fucking hit. Yes, it was. And it was it was one of the most talked about movies 
of the year i remember even before it came out like the i think the trailer went through all these anticipated movies of 1999 you know phantom menace and matrix all this other stuff and then uh and then uh and then it's, and it gets to american pie it goes through all these movies because 99 was stacked mm-hmm. but uh it gets to gets past american pie and it does i think it does the record scratch thing <laughs> why american pie and it shows all these like scenes that are coming around it was sort of the return of the r-rated raunch comedy yeah. you know like especially I, for teens yeah, yeah yeah um i i always try to pinpoint this because kevin smith's a part of it and judd apatow's a part of it and everything this was the whites brothers who did this oh yeah um Go, go on to do all the Ice Age movies, right? Uh, or at least write them? I don't know. I'm pretty sure the, oh, well, they didn't mind. direct them, I don't think. But uh, Never mind. Go ahead. But uh, I think they did a one or the other did About a Boy. and uh, Let's see. Ants, American Pie, Nutty Professor. Ants? Yeah. This was, they wrote. They wrote. How, how did you do Ants and not have anything with Ice Age? But I mean, they, Ants, they probably wrote, right? Yeah, they wrote. They didn't direct. Screenplay there. It's probably like some other Chris that did ice age and i'm just there's no ice age on here yeah chris white's and chris white's is an uncredited director on american pie then he's down to earth about a boy the golden compass twilight saga new moon and another movie called a better life (laughs) uh that's a bad list yeah it really is (laughs) it's such a bad list and then paul white's i think he might be the the more prolific one um little fockers he did yeah he did he did down earth battle boy in good company yeah. american dreams with yeah. a z certain I, to freak I Age was chris wedge ah uh, chris wedge <laughs> so i i don't think you should cut this because i'm close enough i don't think i sound like an idiot for having <laughs> no it's no, right, right, right there no i like it uh anyway american pie um yeah i mean it it, it sort of brought back that uh, that kind of comedy for good or bad it's a funny movie. It's yeah. hard to watch now with the whole Shannon Elizabeth well, scene. Yeah, it is. I mean, not that the Shannon Elizabeth scene is hard to watch. Right. Yeah. But the 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 fact that <laughs> she say I've been missing it. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact is that she's she's forced basically to move back to her homeland yeah. after that. She's shamed. Yeah. Because yeah. of it. Well, well not to mention that they're recording. Her yeah. And they're, they're recording. Yeah. They're recording without her. Knowledge. I was going to say they, they play it off for the joke of it gets sent to the whole school, but he's secretly recording her without mm-hmm. her knowledge or consent. And that would not fly today at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is one of those time capsule movies that we got, we might get have time later for one of the questions that we prepared answers for this week that, this movie could be an answer for because it it feels like you're in 1999 um but man eugene levy yeah not that he hasn't (laughs) had plenty of opportunities to shine but he's great he's so good in this movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) because honest i'll be honest a lot of the the lead actors in this what i guess there's six or seven lead Mm -hmm. characters half of them are not very good actors Mm -hmm. at least at this point in their career well yeah i mean you you a lot of people mention the Chris Klein, Mina Savari stuff as being just the probably the low point. He's Marky Mark in the happening bad. In that <laughs> yeah. He's like, but no. Yeah. His earnestness is off the charts. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Jason Biggs is really good. And, and he uh, and Eugene Levy are perfect yeah. together. Yeah. And Rookie of the Year is pretty good. Um, <laughs> and Stifler's okay. Um and John Cho's in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he coins so I, the term co- MILF, right? Co- I believe he does. I, I don't know if this movie definitely popularized it. I don't mm. know if it made it up, but that I had never heard of yeah, it before I had until this movie when when they said MILF. And, then, and because especially the way he 
defines it. Like, has not anybody, it's like nobody knows. Right. Like, if you saw this movie today and he did that, you'd be like, what a ham handed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, but back then, you're like, what's milk? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, he, Eugene Levy does pr- pretty much steal his movie. He does. Like, uh, the, he's like, uh, cause he sees, he sees his son fucking the pie <laughs> and he, and, uh, and he, he's like, uh, he's like, you know, uh, I did a quite a bit of masturbating when I was, <laughs> when I was younger. And he's like, I never used baked goods. <laughs> Oh, that guy's great. <laughs> so funny. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, uh, the sequels I could I could take her. I don't mind the second one. Second Is that the okay. one where they go to the lake house? Yeah, yeah. that's I think the only one I've seen. I'm no, glued. I saw the wedding one. I'm one. glued. That's American <laughs> Pie too. And then American <laughs> Wedding is the him and Allison Hannigan are getting married and Stifler uh, runs into January Jones. This is pre oh, January shit. Jones yeah. Mad Men. Um, pre Mad Men Jerry January Jones um and uh then they uh what did they have american reunion was yeah the, uh, was i actually saw that too shit it was shit that was awful. i don't think yeah. i saw that one yeah that was not I, good at all but then they spun it off with like stifler's little brother yeah yeah, yeah. stifler's little brother in the first american pie is the voice of the kid in iron giant well you're just full of all kinds of nuggets of knowledge today yeah. oh what the, the stifler's, plays- stifler's little brother plays the kid in the iron giant so he had two huge 1999 eli marienthal that's well, actually, Iron Giant wasn't very huge. In well, I mean, huge in terms of impact. Culturally, yes. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But yeah, anyway, pretty good. Uh, Assault on Precinct 13. The original or the remake? The remake. Oh. Apparently, the original's in South Central? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the original's John Carpenter. Yeah, the uh, the remake, I remember being decent. It's not terrible. No. It, it got like better than expected reviews, right? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that sort of looks like hard rain. <laughs> but ends up being a, a little more inside man than you expected yeah, yeah, yeah. but still yeah. a little hard rain it's uh ethan hawk is it lawrence fishburne yeah yeah. yeah yeah um somebody else famous is uh drea de mateo's in this right the uh, sopranos uh, yeah she is yeah and uh, maria bello and gabriel Byrne. pulled that out of my ass by nice. the way nice. john leguizamo brian dennehy oh brian ja dennehy. rule ja yes. rule <laughs> not fucking brian dennehy fucking <laughs> brian <Bartano. laughs> uh but uh, no i but remember like a snowstorm kind of thing happening yeah. that's why i make the hard rain jokes uh um, <laughs> hard snow yeah 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 hard uh, snow. but uh but no i i remember i remember just i remember just kind of liking this this is one of those just solid movies it's not great mm-hmm. may not even be good but it's it's you could watch it it's one of no. those movies that back and no, i can't do this anymore because of the internet but back in the day when you could walk into the into the video store and there still existed this world of direct to video where a film had been made but the studio didn't have faith in it or the producers ran out of money and so they would put it out on home video and hope to get back whatever they could but it never had a theatrical release and a lot of these movies have famous people in them Mm -hmm. um and if you saw this on the shelf at blockbuster you know and had never heard of it you would love it if you took it home yeah yeah. you feel like that was a reward when you when you got done watching yeah yeah um and then we have uh beverly hills cop now yeah beverly hills cop obviously spends most of its time in beverly hills (laughs) exactly but it does start he's a he's a detroit cop yeah and that's like the central like his narrative basically i'm from detroit you know and so it's as as cops were want to do in the 80s 
there's a there's a crime of some sort that affects him personally. Mm-hmm. Like his uh, is it his was it a friend of his gets killed? It's his partner. It's his partner. Right. Partner gets killed. So therefore, he is able to go to fucking Beverly Hills and investigate <laughs> yeah. this shit. Uh, and uh, it's amazing how many times he should be in jail. For no the kidding shit that he does yep. in this movie. I haven't but seen still, this movie in forever. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's eighties as fuck. Is the second one any good? Uh, the third one is a piece of shit. Yeah, the third one's a piece of shit. The second one I remember being decent. Oh, okay, but it's not. It's not as good as the first. One. I mean, I like the first one a, a lot, even though it probably doesn't play as well these days. I haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I mean, you, you're you're also talking about Eddie Murphy back in the day, mm-hmm. where he would just get away with you know things you would not be able to get away with today. But um, but uh, yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a good if you wanted to talk about time capsules. It's another time capsule kind of movie. Gave us the song Axel F. Sure, yeah. Which every kid with a <laughs> every kid with a Casio keyboard learned how to play that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll I'll attest that even kids who didn't have Casio keyboards learned how to play that. Yes, I learned on the church piano. Nice. What was played on the pipe organ? What was the was yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> did, who was who was the guy who did that? The uh, composer? Oh, it's uh, is it Howard uh, Howard Jones? Uh, Harold Faltermeyer. Faltermeyer, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I like some Beverly Hills Cop. Then there's Big Fat Liar. <laughs> did I ever see this? I don't Paul know. Giamatti. Yeah, I, Giamatti and Frankie Muniz, like yeah. in the middle of his Malcolm in the Middle fan. I've seen it. It is exactly what you think it is. Yep. Like basically a glorified TV movie made for 10-year-olds. He's a con man, right? Or he's a serial liar that somehow, like, ends up defrauding people. Yeah, I don't even remember. <laughs> I just remember he, get, he gets turned blue. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, that's three right. Arrested Development blew himself. Yeah. Yes, yes. After a young boy's school essay erroneously finds its way into the hands of a Hollywood producer who turns the idea into hit film, the boy travels to Los Angeles to claim his credit. There you go. That is that is first world problems. The movie. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, but there are anyway. a lot of these type of movies, like Blank Check. And, <laughs> yep. And you know, always a kid doing something stupid, and mm-hmm. an adult like you know threatening death or something <laughs> problem child yeah problem child <laughs> dennis the menace yeah uh bird on a wire i did see bird on a wire but i don't remember a damn thing about it this was goldie hawn and yeah. uh, kurt russell yeah. mel gibson mel gibson uh, that's right yeah. see, there you go I, I i get a soft spot for goldie hawn for whatever reason i just watched a lot of her movies when i was growing up and i i thought she was the most beautiful woman in the world mm-hmm. um and uh it's not any good, but it, it's got an interesting story to it. Like uh, Mel Gibson is like a CIA operative or something like that, and she thinks he's dead. She was uh, engaged to him, and she just runs into him, and they get into all kinds of you know wacky shenanigans. Yeah, it's one of those wacky shenanigans type movies. It's very much Mel Gibson's in a lot of these things, like a conspiracy theory for you know, and uh, you know he had that period where he was just this super manic like lethal weapony type of character yeah know? and and that uh, maverick yeah another right movie, yeah, and another one that's like that is ransom <laughs> <laughs> um then there's christine speaking killer of john car. carpenter killer car wow Ooh. we talked about this recently for some reason we may have i think we just glanced off of it when we were rattling off some stephen king things oh yeah yeah, yeah. um 
but literally flipped the channel the other day, turned the TV on, I think, and and caught the last two minutes of Christine. Oh, really? <laughs> Basically <laughs> crunching the car and then the eerie music to make you think it's still alive, even though it's a car box. Ah. Is it about my cube? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's now my only uh, um, experience uh, with Christine. That's all I know, is that it appears the humans win at the end, or did they? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, the 80s had a lot of these things, like Duel. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Duel was the 70s. Well, Duel was the 70s, and there was actually somebody in there. But, it, like, Christine, Cujo, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, what was the tire movie that came out, like, recently? That, rubber? That rubber? This. Rubber, yeah, yeah. Uh, where it's, like, inanimate objects that are, Believe that are trying not, to kill you. Believe it or not, Jeremy and I saw this movie at a midnight showing at Belcourt. We did. Rubber or? Uh, rubber. rubber. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, there was a uh, hobo with a ha- uh, shotgun. <laughs> trailer played before yep yep and then we watched i actually enjoyed the experience of watching rubber i did too especially at the beginning when the guy gives you the disclaimer basically and he's like why does this happen no reason that's why we do the things we do for no reason um then there is do we need to say anything more about christine no uh then there's The Crow, uh, a movie that is unfortunately probably best known for the death of Brandon Lee. Mm-hmm. If you watch this movie on its own, is it good? Like, if you didn't know that, did would it would it be good? I you know I saw this fairly recently, mm-hmm. and I, I'm on the fence about it because I'd, it's it's all atmospheric. There's some good martial arts stuff in there. There's some good action in there, but the movie's so fucking dark, like literally dark, yeah, that you can't see shit going on. This had this had sort of and and not to be macabre about everything. This is sort of what I felt like with Heath Ledger's death in, in The Dark Knight was that the death of an actor a lot of times draws people out. And mm-hmm. I don't think this movie would have done what it did if it had not been for that. No, it's it's stopped. And the same otherwise. thing for Dark Knight. As good as The Dark Knight is, I don't think it would have been that big of a runaway hit had it not had that not happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that this is the thing with uh, the crow though is that that we we heard about his death this is a i think uh dragon the bruce lee story came out somewhat around the time that brandon lee died yeah yeah and there's a scene in there where the there's a you know bruce lee is fighting a a, like some demon or something like i can't remember what it was in dragon the bruce lee story but he's uh he's about to fight this demon of some sort and then the demon goes after brandon lee in the dream that's right yeah and it's like right around that time that uh that he died and um Anyway, yeah, I don't like the movie The Crow at all, really. It's, it's I don't either. Great. Now there's a they've been trying to reboot this and uh somewhat humorously over the last like year and a half they've gone through like three different directors <laughs> that were attached and currently no one's attached. Mm-hmm. But there's a studio that owns the rights that is trying to get something made and, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody decent was attached to direct this one hmm. and just three, four weeks ago walked away from it, hmm. uh, leaving it in limbo yet again. Well, Alex Proyas did the first one and mm-hmm. he went on to do the do Dark City, which is a, his still his, I think, his best movie. But Both very dark movies. Yeah. All yeah. of his movies are kind of dark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the story behind that, that, just such a such a weird circumstance and yep. everything. The, I guess the uh, the prop master had left for the day, and they did this scene with the gun, and something either got stuck in the gun or yeah, there was it wasn't a bullet that killed him; it was a projectile was like, that yeah. was stuck in the barrel that that then fired, and it was when he comes home and brings the the groceries home. Uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy, and it almost it's it's such a weird experience to watch it because he's got this scene where he's standing up on the boardroom table, and everybody unloads on him mm-hmm. like he gets he gets shot. 
millions of times. Yeah. And it's like, ah, it's just weird to watch yeah. when you know the history. I don't even know if it was that scene. It though. wasn't that scene yeah. that, that he actually got killed. It was, uh, what was the scene that... that he, they, he's coming home uh, to to see his girlfriend. I think he's got, like, groceries or something. Oh, uh, like okay. That was the scene. And, and the, the robbers or whoever, the bad guys, shoot him. Yeah. And that's where they actually had the discharge. Yeah, yeah. Um... All right, and then there's Detroit. This is a movie that I wanted to see. It came out last year, I think, oh. and it's got uh, John Boyega in it. Mm-hmm. I missed it too. I, I haven't seen it. Catherine it's Bigelow, Catherine Bigelow too. And I, and when it came, it's one of these movies that came out and had great word of mouth, and then something else came out like three days later yeah. that had somehow even more word of mouth, and then everybody in the world just forgot about Detroit, including me. Mm-hmm. Well, it it looked like it was almost like. You know, batting for an Oscar type of thing. It did. It, it got completely overlooked. It did. And um, I'm curious, as because I think it still has probably pretty good, like, I bet it's Rotten Tomatoes score is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I need to see it. Yeah, I've got it, of course. It's in yeah, the Blu-ray collection. The, I've got, like, 50 movies now in a stack on my desk, two stacks on my desk that I'm trying to get to, and just, the stack just keeps growing. It's yeah. a 7.4 on our IMDb and 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's not bad. Yeah. That's that that suggests to me that it's a decent film, a quality film, and I, we just somehow all missed it. Yeah, I'll yeah. totally watch it, though. And then there's uh, Detroit Rock City. That was a movie that did that was not good in 1999. <laughs> no, and I did see it. Oh, I did too. This is uh, Edward Furlong. Edward yes. Furlong. <laughs> the last time I brought him up, I was not sure if we were It's right. definitely Edward Furlong. In this. Uh, this is a bunch of kids trying to see a Kiss concert, and Lynn Shea's in it, and Lynn Shea plays, I think, Edward Furlong's mom, and she's like, like you know what kiss stands for knights and satan service <laughs> and um and uh so they're they're trying to they're trying to go to a, a, a kiss concert and everything and there's a scene this is this is why this is ultimately the if you were to take a picture of this movie and reason why not to watch it and everything there's a scene where edward furlong probably vomits into a like uh on the stage or a stage or something for like a minute straight or oh, something man. and it's not like team america funny or anything <laughs> it's just gross you know yeah um there's a fine line between those two vomiting scenes <laughs> and you know the one in detroit rock city just always just gross me out for whatever mm-hmm. reason but yeah uh not a good movie then uh then there's don't breathe talking about disgusting yeah oh, jesus <laughs> how did we just go from detroit rock city to an even grosser movie yeah how's that possible <laughs> yeah i saw this for sins purposes i don't even think i wrote for it i think i just saw the sins video i don't think i saw the movie yeah mm. this was i think this was me and a couple other writers. this is the semen syringe movie right with mm-hmm. papa dragon indeed it is yeah. uh papa, papa dragon, dragon. <laughs> uh this is papa dragon uh, uh this uh it, this movie's weird because it's 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 two different movies mm-hmm. and i guess it, it that's what it was supposed to be yeah and like this this fusion of suspense and horror and things like that it, neither thing worked for me though mm-hmm. you know yeah it's uh it's got it's got effective scares in it for a while and yeah. then and then it gets to its main thing and that's where i it loses me a bit um i i mean i understand his reasoning and everything and that's what a madman does you know it's like my my daughter died so i'm therefore going to have all the rights in the world to do this other fucked up shit to somebody mm-hmm. else um, i think the idea because this is the one where he's blind yeah. right mm-hmm. so i think the idea of kids breaking into a house the blind guy is actually there and is trying to hunt and kill them i think there's that's kind of interesting that's what i'm saying yeah and, and then everything else they put around it is what t- takes away from it yeah mm-hmm. yeah what is it? Uh, i talked about evil dead in the in one of the last uh, episodes and 
and Jane Levy's in this too. Oh yeah, yeah. So I like me some Jane. Levy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Don't Breathe is 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 got effective stuff in it. It's just that it, I think it gets a little a little bit too far. At oh yeah, at some points, but overall pretty effective. Then there's uh, Dream Girls. Oh man, uh, this is another one that I'm I'm having trouble like saying that it's good. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's got amazing music. Jennifer Hudson won the Oscar for her role. Oh, yeah, that's what the Je- movie is. Je- yeah, Jennifer Hudson won the Oscar for the amazing singing performance mm-hmm. in the middle of the movie. Yep. I, I I think she's fine as an actress. It's just that there was really that was one of those that I I find controversial in a way. Maybe I'm the only one making this controversy. No, I've seen this. I agree. It, it doesn't seem like she's really featured in the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's I, it's it's one of those things. Like how was a big a, a great performance like that the show-stopping performance in the middle of the movie like that i don't know how anybody else is supposed to compete acting wise yeah. when somebody belts something out that amazing and i don't know she's obviously uh doing a great job in the performance of that of that song but man i mean she's fine as an actress if you want to find her in some other movies that she did after that yeah She's in the background mm-hmm. most of the time. And, and then uh, Eddie Murphy got some critical accolades yeah, for taking he, a dramatic turn. Yeah. He was none too happy when he lost the Oscar. He got nominated. Was he not? He got nominated. Yeah. And I think people were expecting him to win. And he expected him to win. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, you, you see it you see it at the Oscar ceremony. I believe he's pretty disappointed. Is he doing like a Samuel L. Jackson? Like, what the I fuck? I don't, don't think he does the Sam Jackson thing. <laughs> But you can see him just kind of like, oh, man, come on. And I can't remember who won that year. But, uh, yeah, because it just it looked like he was destined to, to win it. It did, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm the same way about that movie. I'm not sure if I like it completely. I don't think it's a total success. Good performance from Beyonce in there. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's just talented She goes by Bay now. You no, know, she just goes I'm by Bay. I'm sure you're aware. I was not. I was not. Mrs. Carter. Yeah. <laughs> uh exit wounds oh jesus oh this mo- oh god so exit wounds i think came out first and then to cradle to the grave which had all the same people came out after i don't know uh i I'm do know because sure i believe well the the reason why i ask is i think there's a scene in uh cradle to the grave where tom arnold is uh is saying like they're they're basically breaking the fourth wall and he's like it's like yeah let's get all the same people who uh produced blah 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 and exit wounds and whatever <laughs> and it was in the, i think that was in cradle to the grave but. this fucking movie though okay so steven seagal and dmx are the stars but the rest of the cast how could it miss exactly mm-hmm. tom arnold anthony anderson michael jai white isaiah washington fucking uh eva mendez like it's got That's like a great cast it's got an amazing cast but then it focuses on fucking steven seagal and dmx and dmx and it's awful it is yeah. so awful and of course it's steven seagal like he you know he defies uh he's he's a rogue cop and he plays by his own rules and so he gets uh assigned to the worst precinct in detroit and yeah all that shit happens mm. god it's so awful mm-hmm. <laughs> oh uh yeah, this is a movie that i picked up at blockbuster actually because i was like you know what shitty action film you know maybe maybe okay i uh, saw the rest of the people that were in there yeah. And I, oh, yeah it doesn't it didn't always pay off at blockbuster no. when you took that it risk it's the total opposite <laughs> of assault on precinct 13 i was i was looking up the director on this his name is andre barkoviak or something something similar to that mm-hmm. or whatever uh as a director uh he made romeo must die i know you've seen that yep 
then he made Exit Wounds. Then he made Cradle to the Grave. Then he made Doom, one of the worst movies Oof. ever. Uh, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, which I haven't seen. <laughs> uh and then he's come back recently he did a movie called maximum impact that sounds, oh. like, a, sounds like a 90s van damme movie ever. it sounds like a fake movie yeah and then alter rock or whatever but what's kill what kills me is looking at he, he he did those movies as a director but as a cinematographer he's got like the verdict and he's what? got Jesus. uh he's got uh something else awesome on here um he was he was the director of photography on Speed and he was on Falling Down and oh wow the hell he just decided I'm gonna direct my own shitty yeah, movies yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I'm tired of being involved in quality project <laughs> yeah uh, the next one here the five year engagement I hated this movie it's Never not very it. good is it yeah and I don't know how uh, they screwed this it's Emily Blunt and uh, Jason, Jason Siegel. Siegel right yeah I was very excited about this uh, you had uh, Nicholas Stoller who did uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall mm -hmm. part of this uh, Siegel wrote it with Stoller I believe um, and uh, just a great formula for something that would be fun and mm -hmm. I just I didn't it wasn't funny mm -mm. at all I didn't I don't know what happened. that was the deal it wasn't funny yeah like you've got all these funny people in there Chris Pratt's in it Chris Pratt yeah yeah it's crazy hmm. uh Allison Brie uh but yeah wasn't uh wasn't too excited about that one um now here's probably one of my favorites gross point blank mm. I've seen gross point blank at least 30 times yeah. I am right there if not more yeah yeah I've uh, seen it I think maybe five times, and mm. I think it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I I can't remember a tenth of what you guys probably can. I just remember they have sex at the reunion. They, they wander do? off down the halls, and they do it. Yeah, yeah. they go to the, like the, the nurse's, nurse's office. office. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, hold on for a second. And she slaps him, <laughs> and he's like, all right, welcome home. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, uh, what a what a great uh there were two reunion movies this year one was yeah. this and romeo and michelle's high school reunion both came out the same year uh but this one what a great idea to have a hitman who gets an invite to his high school reunion <laughs> and he's got a he's going through all these like you know sort of uh you know assessing his life yeah he's got point. a therapist alan arkin yeah, yeah 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 he's like uh he's like marty i don't think that i can i don't think i can do i can be your therapist anymore and, and he's like why is that and he goes because i'm afraid of you <laughs> <laughs> and that constitution emotional attachment i can't <laughs> it's a stop killing people yeah, yeah, he's like he's like don't kill anyone while you're <laughs> don't out kill there. anybody while yeah he's like, like yeah he's like okay i'll give it a shot no don't give it a shot don't shoot anything <laughs> <laughs> man <laughs> arkin is one of a kind yeah uh, he is everything about this movie works uh like all the characters and it's crazy how much i i'm sure she's a wonderful person but i dislike Minnie driver as an as an actress mm -hmm. but she's in two of my favorite movies goodwill hunting and and gross point break uh, ghost point gross point gross point well that was, that was like a jeopardy answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> you combine two movie titles and you one. don't like her in this no i'm saying this is the other favorite movie oh that, well i, I, I thought I, you I said, butchered the name I, well i thought you said that you don't like her but you like the movie i like both of her performances in those two movies and i love those two movies mm -hmm. and i guess that's why her american accent maybe isn't all the way there but mm -hmm. god everything about this story it's funny it's it's actiony it's dramatic and sometimes it's goofy actiony mm -hmm. yeah uh but like this is how you do it man and that's why barry i think is such a success on hbo uh is because it tapped into this we're gonna show you 
the real violence. We're going to have all kinds of crazy language and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We're going to expose kind of like the practicalities of being an assassin. And we're going to make it fucking funny, too. Yeah. And, oh, it's so brilliant. But what it's doing, what this movie does, uh, is that it, I mean, his problems, like the, the Hitman stuff is kind of like a nuisance. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You're never really fearing for his life. His real, the real problem in this movie is the relationship with Minnie Driver yeah. and trying to heal that and, and reconcile who he's become with who he used to be. And, and it's just the violence is kind of like the setting yeah. for what would otherwise be a pretty traditional. And they, coming home romantic comedy people keep asking him what he does and he's like he's like i'm, I'm a, I'm a yeah. hitman <laughs> professional killer professional killer he's like and like uh there's a point where he's talking to jeremy piven and he, he's in the car and everything and he's like uh he's like uh professional killers like oh really so you have to do you have to take extra classes for that or you have to <laughs> <laughs> and then that leads to this great exchange where like they're smoking a joint or he's smoking a joint jeremy piven is and he's just like there's a moment of silence and he's like 10 years yeah. 10, 10 years. years and then he's like i freaked out i joined the army professional killer and he's yeah. like and he's like all right you want to go get some, yeah, yeah. Some, like some burgers yeah. or something yeah. like that there's a there's a great scene too where his his old childhood home has been sold and has become a gas station, <laughs> and he comes in and he, there's like a guy like a you know kid working the the he's working the counter and he's like who are you and he, <laughs> he's like he's like, uh, he's like I don't know he's like my name's Jeff or whatever the fuck it is and he's like he's like I mean, what's going on? Here? Who's who? Who are you? And he tells <laughs> him stay right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and so he and the, the 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 rival hitman are like have their like the the kid goes off and of course he's playing Doom right, the arcade yeah, yeah, yeah. machine or whatever <laughs> he's got headphones on this is one of those classic the 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 clerk is unaware of all the stuff that's going on they're like blasting each other in the gas station shooting everything in sight and everything it's got one of the best John Cusack uh, reaction moments of all time I mean, any uh, not just John Cusack. When he finds out that the other guy put a bomb in the microwave, he looks at it for just a second, and there's this look on his face like, I gotta get out of here. And like, and he, ta- he runs out, and then he, oh, we gotta get the he guy too. <laughs> he gets the guy, he pulls him out, and he's like, hey, whatever. And the, the thing blows up and everything, and like, there just, just flames everywhere, and he's like, He's like, are you okay? You okay? He's like, no, man, I'm not okay. I'm hurt. I'm pissed. I got to find another job. <laughs> uh, so before we move on, who's, who's the guy from Walking Dead that we keep talking about that's, that's in this who plays the, the drunk bully? asshole oh it's uh steve pink we're yeah. talking about an actor from well the they well he's yeah, he, they, they call guy. him uh bobby beamer in the movie yeah that's right he's he owns a no it's michael kuditz yeah oh my, that guy michael kuditz michael, michael yes. kuditz steve pink is one of the writers right yeah no it, it, because he's he's set up as being this big bully that may actually like be a foil because he gets all drunk and he's you want to do some blow and that kind of thing mm-hmm. and they have this confrontation where you know that that cusack can just beat his ass into all kinds of yeah. of oblivion uh but he's he just steps up to him he's like man what is this conflict there is no me in you yeah and the guy just melts and he's like i wrote a poem for <laughs> 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 uh, it's full of beats like that that subverts like all the action when i tropes. feel sad when i feel blue he's like, he's no. like hey can you skip, skip to the, the end he's like uh, he's like for a while <laughs> he's like oh that's beautiful man he's like there's more he's like he's like i'm sorry i can't hear you anymore. you want to go out and do some blow <laughs> no i don't no i don't <laughs> 
Oh, uh, great man. movie. Uh, it, it, I'm sure we have recommended it before, but if you haven't seen some gross point blank, get you oh, some. So good. Um, then there's Grand Torino. Oh, talk oh, about a great movie. Good, very good movie. This could be anywhere, though, right? That's nothing really super Michigan about it, is there? Oh, it's it's Detroit as fuck. I mean, I, I've never been to Detroit, but it's it's a the setting for sure. Because he's, Clint Eastwood is out in like a, I don't know, the opposite of gentrification, I guess. Like a rundown mm-hmm. area of Detroit. And I guess it's the Korean gangs that are coming yeah, in. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, And it centers around this young kid that's trying to like get out of it and everything. The unlikely friendship. Which sounds rote and just, you know, normal and stuff like that. But Eastwood delivers maybe one of my favorite performances. He's It's like, yeah. Unforgiven, maybe in the line of fire, Dirty Harry and this. Yeah. Like, he's terrific. This is this. the beginning of Get Off My Lawn, right? Well, I think it had been said before, and I think the fact that he literally this went became, there. This this is what became the meme of yes. Get Off yeah, My yeah, Lawn. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Because it's in the trailer, even. Right. He's pulling out that shotgun <laughs> and everything, and he's like, get off my lawn. <laughs> and uh, so, like, that's I started seeing that a lot after Gran Torino came out. Yeah, really good movie. This was a, a year that Clint Eastwood did two movies. He did this and Changeling, I believe, at the same in Oh, the did same he direct year. Changeling? Yep. Oh, wow. In the same did he year. direct Gran Torino? Mm-hmm. I believe he did. Wow. Yeah, it's a really good movie. It That's- plays really well, too. I mean, it does sound like it's going to be an after-school special kind of thing, if you just read the description, but uh, the actors kind of give it the right amount of weight, mm-hmm. um, and it plays pretty authentic. It's one of those movies that I didn't catch until sometime in the last year or two. It's the first time I've ever, I've ever seen it, uh, and I really liked it. Really yeah. liked it. Walt especially Kowalski. the way... Especially what happens at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the way the whole thing unfolds at the end. It just from a from a storytelling standpoint you know ties ties its own loop perfectly mm-hmm. yeah yeah excellent movie uh then there's hoffa mm. oh this was on two days ago i was like man i haven't seen this since the theaters i couldn't get through five minutes it's, it's, it's a it's, fucking mess it's a slog man it's just not good and what everyone happened? involved in this good know. Danny DeVito directed right. this. That's one one thing. I think DeVito's better when he's directing like dark comedies and stuff, like War of the Roses mm-hmm. and all that. And this is a this is a serious biopic. This is the kind of thing Oliver Stone would make. Yeah. With and this is they used to make these movies all the time back in the early nineties and yeah. everything. It used to be a lot of these. Jack Nicholson has a has a makeup job to make him look more like Hoffa mm-hmm. in this, and uh, it was written by David Mamet too. Oh, really? Jesus yeah. Christ. Everything about this movie is good, except yeah. for the movie itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't help that it's like seven hours long. It is long. I'm exaggerating. It? I know. Yeah. I, I remember it being eternally long. I don't need no brother elected president to womp your ass. <laughs> uh, it, that was another thing too that. I, that you you get you gather from the like the real life story and everything apparently robert kennedy walked all over jimmy hoffa during that hearing but of course in the movie hoffa is like the big hero and everything yeah, yeah. you know so now uh, but uh, yeah it's hard to get through i haven't seen it in forever yeah it's well, 140 minutes so it's long and it's yeah. got it's got opinions about where hoffa's buried i think like it, it shows how he's how he's supposedly killed and and clearly this movie has not seen bruce almighty that's right <laughs> that's correct um then we have another um iconic horror movie that's come out in the last 10 years it follows yeah ah good film yeah very good it's one of those horror movies that succeeds almost more on tone than anything else yeah for sure there's that sort of dread Mm-hmm. that it part of it, i guess is how they've d- designed their creature if you will and then it just moves slowly uh, yeah. and is unrelenting and is always going to be coming but right. 
Uh, really good actors that, for the most part, you'd not seen before. Yeah. Or since, really. Or since. Well, I think... Uh, <laughs> one girl was in the uh, uh, Independence, Independence Day. One girl was in Independence Day Resurgence movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't even see that movie. No, but I knew she was in it. <laughs> she's. I think she's in actually quite a bit of stuff. I think stuff. she's been something else that's coming out. Uh, Maika Mon- Monroe? I think yeah, she, I think she's a pretty hot commodity at this point. Like she she's in a lot of stuff uh since that it follows movie, but it follows is uh is a sort of your uh sort of a, a symbolic uh STD yes. movie. Uh Yes TD. Yeah, exactly. So you have you have sex with the person who's infected and then suddenly this thing is coming after you and it is, if you can have sex with somebody else then it'll follow them but if they die it'll come after you again mm-hmm. and uh so it, it's got that the one thing i didn't like about it follows was there were so many uh areas where it could have it's effective in making you think that the danger is always around the corner and everything but so many times like that thing in the background turns out to be a normal person oh yeah or 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 like if if it is indeed following why did it go on the roof why is it (laughs) naked on a roof you know it's it's stuff like that but you're right it's 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 got more on the tone than anything it's the it's the whole tone of it that's really good and i love the pool scene at the Mm. end i think the pool scene's fun um but almost all pool scenes are fun indeed they are right the pool scene in um minority report you really didn't you're making a joke about a scene in the pool that's not yes not funny. oh jesus you just killed me carry on without me for a moment uh movie i haven't seen if looks could kill oh yeah it's richard grieco man oh richard yeah. grieco <laughs> well, now you know why you haven't seen it that's right this is uh richard grieco i think in in the mid to late 80s it would have to be if it was a richard grieco kind movie mm-hmm. um he's uh he's a high schooler that i think is recruited by one of the federal agencies to be a spy oh 21 mm-hmm. jump street pretty much yeah, yeah. um but uh yeah it's <laughs> it's bad it's really bad yeah uh then there is a uh, there's jumper jumper uh, so jumper has a has a you know you have doug lyman directing and you have and who is of course hit and miss i mean but anytime i see his name i get excited yeah it, it's, he's done enough to yeah. earn that but it's such an interesting concept it's though. an interesting concept they fuck it up completely completely yeah 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 it's yeah. just I, I haven't seen it recently, but I can't imagine those effects hold up either. The effects um, aren't even the problem, though. I mean, it's just a mess. It's yeah. just a mess. Yeah. And you know, you know, somewhere when you were dying, Samuel Jackson's hair blonde. <laughs> mm-hmm. You should have noticed some measure of the mess that was happening in front of you, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and yet you did not. But uh, yeah, yeah t- I still think it's watchable, mm-hmm. just because the premise is so cool, uh, and. I think Rachel Bilson's a phenomenal actress who isn't attractive at all. That's yes. right. That's correct. The most annoying part of that movie is where he jumps like from the couch to the kitchen. <laughs> what a fucking yeah. what a fucking entitled prick. Yeah. That's, you can't that's, get up and walk around the fucking that's, end table. That's, that's the kind of thing. Where, yeah, that's the kind of thing they throw in this movie that you're like, 
would, would if you had this ability, <laughs> would you use it for that? Yes. Let's get up and make some popcorn. Right. And jump back. Like it, there was a, you got to think there was some point when he was like 16. He's like, oh, now I have to get up and walk over to the kitchen and and I can just jump over there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I that might have been better if it, if he was really like a bank thief throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. or something like that. He he is at the beginning. That's the reason why they're chasing after him and right. everything. But uh, it would have been nice if he was just if it was just a heist movie and just left it at that. And, uh, yeah, if they his, found. Some yeah, way I do to... think the movie so- sort of loses steam when it goes into the mythology of the. There have always been jumpers, yeah. and there have always been harpoon chasers. Yeah, yeah. and for our, our line has always chased your line, and it's just like, yeah, I'm gone. Yeah, you know, it was okay to have another jumper. I kind of like that idea. Like, oh, I thought I was the only one. Now here's, you know, Billy Elliot. He can do it too, and yeah. um, <laughs> leave it there. But then they keep expanding. Like, your mom did this, and we've been got all these hunters oh, and have yeah. all these harpoon jumpy. And just, oh, geez, you tried to make it into a franchise, and you didn't even really finish the origin story yeah. diane lane was his mom mm-hmm. yeah diane lane was his mom in this. and uh who kristen stewart somebody is her daughter I th- oh in the very, i think it's oh kristen my, it is kristen stewart it is i think it's kristen you're right stewart. you're right it's at the very end uh and i think michael rooker anna sophia Rob again. yeah michael rooker yeah what was anna sophia Rob in this oh she was the uh the uh rachel bilson before oh when they were kids when they were kids yeah kristen stewart isn't yeah Yes. Nice. All right. Good. You know you're Kristen Stewart. I do. I mean, if I'm going to know one thing, it's probably going to be that. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Then there's uh, Mr. Mom. I, this is another. Believe it or not, this is another movie like Neverending Story and The Natural. They used to watch on HBO all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. It came on the other fucking day. I had to sit there and watch it. It's really funny. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> is this still Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. Yeah, I've never uh, seen it. So, so, oh, really? Yeah. yeah oh, that's his, awesome. His, uh, his wife is Terry Gar, and she get, he gets fired from his job. But she gets a promotion at hers, or gets a new, or gets a job. That's the main yeah. They concern. work for like the the auto manufacturer. And, yeah, and and he was he loved doing that back in the day, right? And it was gung ho, where he was yeah. also an yeah. auto manufacturer. Yeah, that's right. But like, uh, but like, yeah, he gets laid off of his, and then Terry Gar works for an advertising firm, and uh, and so like she's the one who has to to work for the family while he while he gets a job. So he's at home being mr mom he's taking at taking care of the kids and all that and it's a revolutionary you know plot device in 1983 yeah it was was. i think it was 83 uh, where it's like oh now the dad has to do and i say that we've moved on as a society completely but then we just saw incredibles 2 where they mind a lot of yeah no i mean i think there's i really don't want to step in it Mm. but there's i mean there's i think this kind of film could still play today i think there are still pronounced enough gender norms culturally in america that enough people that think of the man working and the woman i'm not saying i do or you do or our listeners do but i think they're out there and i think that's where you get the comedy from is from the flipping the script again it's why part of part of this works in incredibles too yeah exactly and and it takes centuries for gender roles and norms and stereotypes to change right? there was an episode of the flintstones that even covered this the the like wilma went to go work at fred's job for a day and fred had to be at home <laughs> and all that 
and both of them do terribly right. of course yeah and uh and like wilma gets gets sent home because she's terrible and she's like well you see fred i did so well that they sent me home early <laughs> <or whatever." laughs> yeah but uh yeah it's i don't know if it could play today though i'm not i i i agree that there are people out there who still think that and everything but how many i mean if you saw a trailer for mr mom today would you be like wouldn't you be like get the fuck over it the, okay. the way that it's played yes. in the movie yes it would but happen. i don't i don't think it would be played the same way right. but i think you could still put out a family comedy that plays mostly on subverting gender stereotypes yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and i think that we're not we're not there at utopia yet yeah. right in fact, we're pretty fucking far from it. Now, gender mm. roles, maybe we've, we've reached a better a better plateau, but a lot of our other person-to-person relations are kind of shitty right now. Yeah. I, I love the scene in this where they 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 call michael keaton back into his his job because they've they've been fucking up lately and he's been fired and everything and jeffrey tambors is uh is his uh friend and co-worker or whatever who used to work with him and he brings him in and the the bosses are all like well it seems as though that uh, production has gone down and our profits have gone down since you left or whatever and and uh, michael keaton's like i don't understand uh, i'm no longer with the company and he starts going on this rant like yeah that's like i don't understand like you know um if i did such a bad job why did production go down and profits go down while i was while i was gone or whatever and he starts going on this big rant his kid comes in during it and uh before he can even say anything jeffrey tambor is like it's like now son you have to go you have to go out of here now we're having a meeting and uh and like uh <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton keeps going on his rant and whatever, and he's like, "And if you ever talk to my kid like that again, I'm knocking you out." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he, later on, he he goes in the bathroom and he's like, first off, he's drying his baby son's like ass with <laughs> yeah. the, one of the hand blower dryer right. things, and the other two kids are throwing <laughs> tissue paper everywhere, and like the boss walks into the bathroom with Tambor behind him and everything, and Tambor like <laughs> he starts doing this little lap. Um, yeah, I love Mr. Mom a lot. It's just, it, I, seeing it again, part of it, like, recently, I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it shows its age, but it's still fun. But Michael, vintage Michael Keaton is as funny as anybody that you'll ever see. Like, yeah. Vintage Jim Carrey, vintage Tom Hanks. Yeah. He's right up there with him. Yeah. yeah. People often forget, like, most of his early work was comedy. Focused. And manic comedy, like Beetlejuice and yeah. shit like that, you know? Yeah. yeah absolutely uh then there's narc uh joe carnahan's movie with awesome. uh, ray liotta knock and, uh who was else who else is in it ray liotta and jason patrick jason yeah. patrick do you like this movie fucking it's awesome it's a yeah. fucking great movie yeah yeah i only saw it once this is one of those this was one of those perfect days so i was managing a 10 screen theater but we only opened for the evening shows so i would usually get there at like three o'clock and have the place to myself for a couple hours nice. i'd usually swing by wendy's get a baconator or whatever <laughs> put on a movie i hadn't seen yet from the night before on friday you know but not open the employees aren't here yet doors are locked it's just me in there eating my wendy's watching the movie <laughs> and this was one of those movies i did that with nice. i had gotten it in but i didn't want to stay late thursday and watch it and so i had a whole auditorium to myself i didn't know anything about this movie and it's just a it's basically a powerhouse a double powerhouse performance uh it's basically a crime film it's the kind of thing david ayer might make yeah um but uh, really, really good Ray Liotta. I feel like what I remember was Ray Liotta got a lot of accolades for this role. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like a resurgence for him mm. a bit. Yeah. Um, anyway, I loved it. I haven't mm. seen it in forever, but I remember really, really liking it. Carnahan is, uh, 
has done it's, a lot of people like smoke and aces he did that i kind of uh, like smoke and aces yeah it's one of those movies yeah. right uh he did the a-team which i don't think very many people like but nope. he did the gray which the gray is, another is great oh yeah movie. nice uh but uh ever since then he hasn't really done anything there's a movie called stretch that i've never heard of and then he's done a few episodes of the blacklist and state of affairs but hmm. he's got like eight upcoming projects so maybe he's got a movie in there awesome and, yeah uh, and it, when he came out with this he was like the up a new up-and-comer like gonna be the one of the next big things and everything don't know what quite happened with him though i mean he's got two two solid movies and one cult classic you know, what do you, what do you think happened with jason patrick Wow! I mean, he had all the hallmarks of like leading man. Well, even even Narc was like, a, "Where the fuck has he been?" Uh, yeah, because he had that that movie with uh, the drug movie. You oh, know, uh, Rush! Rush! Yeah, yes, and that was like peak Jason Patrick, right? I guess Lost Boys before that, but and then yeah, kind of like never turned into maybe what it was, was Speed Two. It was probably Speed <laughs> it was probably Two. Speed Two. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, he was in Your Friends and Neighbors too, and he was yeah, terrific oh, in that. He's so good, in but that. that's kind of where he. It, his lane from there on out uh was was smaller projects but he was he was such a big leading man for yeah, a while there yeah. really good looking dude i mean uh, mm -hmm. like frighteningly good looking dude. <laughs> um he's only got like 50 credits on his uh, imdb and uh so who knows he could be an asshole it could be one of those things yeah. what you're saying is he's pickier than l fanning yeah totally <laughs> he's way pickier than l fanning that's the thing that is on his resume that somebody wrote that <laughs> in crayon. Yeah. Uh, I meant, by the way, that he's made fewer movies than she has, yes. so he's pickier in picking his projects. Right, right. And that rush that, that we mentioned was not the Ron Howard rush. That right. Chris no. Emsworth and Daniel Brule, which is, yeah, a really good movie, yeah. But yeah, Rush with Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yes. Yeah. And it's a heavy-ass movie. Yeah, it is. But yeah, it's he's an undercover cop who starts uh, falling in love with a little too much with the drug. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, then there's, I did see this, Not Without My Daughter. Oh, my God. Sally Field. Oh, oh my God. Wow. I saw it, yeah. I don't remember anything. I know that, uh, doesn't she, she loses her daughter. Say any more, you'll spoil it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck this movie this but, movie like doesn't doesn't she's she wants to go she needs to leave a country right and then yeah and and she can't because you know she's wait she, well yeah so she gets essentially like duped or conned into going to iran mm -hmm. and the iranian guy is played by alfred molina oh yeah yeah <laughs> of course it is it's like fisher stevens playing an indian dude yeah, in short circuit yeah uh but yeah it's it's uh, over dramatic and apparently a little bit racist yeah <laughs> if not a lot racist right and uh, uh it's it's terrible yeah yeah i don't remember much about it other than just the bare outline of the story and i mean the title tells you what you're gonna <laughs> no, uh, okay so out of sight have we talked about out of sight before in the states before we may have mentioned it in in the florida discussion yeah but it's, certainly it's, talked it's, about the movie it's essentially equally florida it's and detroit half and half yeah we've we've discussed out of sight a ton but this is a great movie and mm -hmm. you should watch it and uh <laughs> and uh uh, that's that's about that's all i have to say about it. that's all i have to say about that. um then there's a polar express really mm -hmm. yeah he's in uh, a town in michigan really mm -hmm. oh, before I, he gets on the polar express i've never been so uh underwhelmed yeah it's a pretty was this the first attempt that uh zemeckis no. had at the this at the 
this um, yeah this was the first in. this was the first motion capture animation uh that uh at least fully mm. i think uh hanks even did the kids in this one too and then they you know got act you know actors to do the voices afterwards. Mm. but uh like yeah it was uh kind of a scary time because there was an idea that you could just hire one actor to do every right. role and they were so quote unquote realistic that you wouldn't need like all these actors anymore and everything. I don't know what they were smoking because it's it's the frightening side of realistic. Yes, yes. <laughs> there's, there's the scary a bunch part. of dead eye. In <laughs> yeah, this. no kidding. I mean, this is essentially Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, you know, yeah. Except a whole feature length movie. I yeah. remember having a bet with somebody that year. Uh, it was before both this and The Incredibles, which came out the same year, uh, came out and. Uh, Two people told me Polar Express were gonna, was going to do better than The Incredibles, and I said, fuck you, no it's not. <laughs> and I'm still waiting to get paid on that bet. Now, it might have, because I think it's a pretty beloved book. It but is. if they'd have just done traditional animation, it might have it had a shot. But yeah. I think what happened was that that first opening weekend hit, and everybody walked out of the movie talking about the dead eye mm. and nothing else, and word of mouth just tanked. Um, it did it did fine for itself i don't want to make it seem like it was a co t complete tank job or anything it did fine okay but it i mean it wasn't incredibles level and it probably never would have been anyway no but i do think that this they maybe made this a little too they, we weren't ready for this but this was a chris van allsberg uh adaptation he did jumanji as well oh wow okay uh the the drawings and you know that's why it that's why it uh is there they won the caldecott medal mm -hmm. um uh, both jumanji and this if they kind of kept it in that sort of that that style that van allsberg drew it in and everything i think it would have been a lot better i think this computer animation stuff it definitely sucked the soul out of it and plus a fucking both of those movies aren't they aren't movies with a lot of plot you no, know yeah. I mean, you have to add stuff to it because they're you know they're 20 page books or yeah. whatever they yeah. are um, Weren't you saying that this was a, a thing with Zemeckis and James Cameron? Yeah, there was a. There, I don't know if this was a real rivalry, but I always heard that Zemeckis was always trying to one up Cameron as far as special effects were concerned, and so like he was trying to get this motion capture thing. So he did this and Beowulf yeah. and uh, uh, the Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. He did all of those uh, right in a row, and none of them are very good. Mm -hmm and uh but he was always and he's got a new movie coming out uh later this year that's now looks really cool uh, is it the same motion capture no 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 um, i saw a trailer for this it's got steve carell and um oh no it's yeah it's a welcome to marwan or marwin yeah it's something like that he's got uh he's a he's a war veteran with physical and mental yeah it's wa welcome to marwin and uh the the he's uh he he has these little uh m dolls that he plays with he can do motion capture with and he sort of uh enters that world as, oh, a, as a fantasy world so like a lot of the movie is in this motion capture hmm. look and the 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 dolls that are in that are lifelike yeah uh and uh, I don't know what they did uh, either they made these dolls like amazingly lifelike or whatever or they're them and they've put some effects over them or whatever um but uh but it looked really interesting a lot, a lot of people were didn't know quite what to, to, to think about it when they saw that trailer no but. i didn't either it gave me uh walter mitty vibes crossed with a little wizard of oz hmm. um and, and it also definitely feels like one of those movies that 
like like Walter Mitty that yeah. just doesn't hit the way the trailer makes you think it will, and the, <laughs> it doesn't have the magic it's selling right now because you got to see the f- finished product to know. But the trailer made me want to yeah, see. Yeah, the trailer is very interesting. interesting. But yeah, I think he's had this sort of. Uh, I guess that's the idea. He's had a, a rivalry with Cameron, and Cameron, of course, always one ups him because. You know, even though I didn't like Avatar, you can see how amazing Avatar's uh, technical aspects yeah, yeah. are. Um, then there is Prancer. <laughs> we on, don't me, have to hang talk. Hang on, let me call my wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't need to say anything about this. My wife loves this movie, and she doesn't have any good reasons for I it. I love this movie, too, man. Do you have any good reasons for it? No, it's a childhood thing. I mean, it's, uh, you know, she finds a, the the little girl believes that Prancer has been you know, uh, escaped or, or misplaced from Santa's sleigh, and she finds a reindeer, and she thinks that it's it's the actual Prancer. And uh, it's it's a little magical tale, man. Sam Elliott's in this, too. Another Sam Elliott. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then there's Real Steel. This movie is better than I than I gave it credit for. But what is it? Real, Real Steel, Steel, the Hugh Jackman robot oh, fighting yeah. movie. Yeah, it's Rock not, and Sock'em Robots. It, it's, by, it's by no means a total success, but... Uh, when the I saw trailers for this, I was like, "Give me a fucking break." Me too. And then I watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, kind of like this. Well, it's kind of decent." And the effects in this movie are fucking spectacular. Yeah, yeah. The way that they make the robots move in the in relation to how Hugh Jackman's moving and everything, really, really. That that's what was so unexpected for me. It's a touching story. It's father son thing, mm-hmm. but like. Those effects, like you really believe that they were beating the shit out of each yeah. other, more so than a Transformers movie or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. It was. I think it was you that wrote the one sin when we did this. That I thought was really funny. He gives the kid some hamburgers or whatever, and it was like it had to have been like hours since he bought them and then gave them to him. And he, you know, like they're, they're like super cold. <laughs> like aren't those hamburgers like super cold by the time they get? Um. Oh my God! Fucking reindeer games. Reindeer oh, games. Oh wow! What the hell's going on with this movie, man? So ah. I know they end up at a native american casino mm-hmm. but is that in michigan do they have those in michigan yeah wow i got I bet, they, I bet they do that sounds like the kind of full of themselves thing that michigan would do i checked this <laughs> i like how we just decided today only <laughs> to make michigan a bunch of self-righteous people yeah that's right <clears throat> um boy again i've i've seen this movie probably four or five times yeah <laughs> i don't think there's any good reason for that no except there's, for charlie's theron yeah there's a lot of likable people in this Isn't, this is like a very serpentine plot right it's, uh, it's just has, has about three too many re- surprise reveals everything is like a different reveal Every, right? everyone has some yeah. kind of reveal in this movie and it gets laughable <laughs> at, at, at some point i do think that's why i find it watchable because mm-hmm. it just gets so <laughs> over the top everybody's double crossing everybody help right? but wonder yeah everyone <laughs> even when you think oh this is the end it's like yeah. nope there's still more yeah, double crossing. it's like wild things and heist and all those movies <laughs> yeah. where it's just kind of, like yeah every time you think you've hit that final <laughs> thing there's like some other like like you you think when you go back and think on some of these movies you're like how in the world did they keep all yeah. that if we ever seen this movie uh, the whole video would be a let's talk about the village plot. yeah the exactly. whole video yeah um i th- yeah there's another one i saw i haven't seen it since uh then 
RoboCop. Ah, uh, which one? I guess both. Both of them. All of them. Uh, all of them. RoboCop 2, 3, and the remake, and then the original. The yeah. first one definitely embraces its Detroit setting. Mm-hmm. It's all over the place. Although, I think the original RoboCop was shot in Dallas. It's like Dallas 4, oh, yeah. sounds about right. Detroit, or something like that, but... Uh, but uh, it is. I mean, it's it, you know, crime has overridden Detroit. You know how we how are we gonna how are we gonna solve this problem? We'll build a big fucking robot. Yeah, just one. We'll, we'll get a we'll get a we'll get a guy who's dead, and we'll put uh, you know robot parts into him, and he'll be a cyborg. <laughs> That's the other thing is that they, they, they had to have had all this ready to go, and they're just waiting for a yeah. cop to die. Right? Yeah, I think so. I think that I think, <laughs> yes, I think, that's, I think that's exactly what the movie is saying. In fact, I don't think they even shy away from it. I, okay. Like I think uh, there's a point where uh, Miguel oh is, Ferrer Miguel Ferrer mm-hmm. uh, is I, I think he I think it, at some point he's like we finally got our chance or oh, whatever yeah, so, okay. he says something along those lines or whatever probably doesn't say that that's at all. dark man that's yeah. dark as hell yeah and you can't complete this cop robot without a dead human <laughs> a dead cop a dead cop human yeah, yeah. you're right and uh and then I think at, at some point he RoboCop stumbles on. Uh, a big plot with the uh, the main uh, chief of police and whatever and so they build this other like gigantic well they they build this at the first they build this gigantic own machine only robot and it sucks it's terrible and then later on they've improved it and everything the uh the uh, what is it they call Ed it 209. Ed 209 uh and uh yeah because at the beginning it's almost funny how they set this up where it's like Here's the Ed 209, and he's, you know, and it's like, here. They give somebody in the board boardroom a gun. It's like, point this gun at him or whatever. And he's like, okay. And he points the gun, and he's like, he's like, uh, please put down the gun. Comply or whatever. And he puts the gun down, and the guy and the robot keeps going, please put the gun down. Comply. And he just blows that motherfucker away. Yes, man. Uh, kills yeah. Do you guys like this movie? Uh, okay. I think there are two kinds of people. Mm-hmm. People who like this movie and think it's great mm-hmm. i like it and people who like this movie more for nostalgia reasons than quality reasons yeah, mm-hmm. i'm that. in the latter group i ha- actually have seen this well we sent it so yeah. i've seen it in the last five oh, years we either it really. sent it or counted up the damage in it one of the two <laughs> we definitely send it. um and so because oh, the new one came out mm-hmm. um and yeah i think it's pretty dated here and there um, oh yeah a lot of the performances, but another are... it's another Verhoeven where there's a lot of satire in yep. it and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Just I, like I've said before, I'm not I'm not on board with with Verhoeven, whatever it is. Oh yeah. Well, and I I don't have anywhere near the affection or love for this movie that I have for Total Recall. Mm. But the an outsider might look at both of those two movies and see them as very similar. So maybe it's just my experience with RoboCop. It's got a lot of the same different. beats. It's got a lot of like the. Isn't this the one that has the "I buy that for a dollar" yeah, type of like I "Buy that for a dollar"? Like a super over the top, like Which just kind of later wacky. later used in the arcade game Smash TV. If you ever remember that, no. you remember Smash TV? Smash TV is is a sort of a it's a Running Man type type uh, arcade huh. game. It was hard as fuck. Uh, you huh. had two joysticks, one to control where you shot and one to control where you went in the arena. And, you know, just gobs and gobs of enemies are coming in and you shoot them and, and like, you know, cash start showing up and all this <laughs> awesome. other type of stuff. It's a fu- it was a fun game, but like, uh, as you, as you're going through it, like the announcer guy will show up on the screen and be like, I buy that for a dollar oh, that's <laughs> and funny. stuff like that. Uh, 
Robocop, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Mm. I, when we send it, yeah, I noticed a lot of the cracks in the surface, but I overall enjoy this mm. one. Um, Roger and me, Michael Moore, uh, is this his first big I one. Believe this was his first, it, it might even be his first ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the documentary about Ford and when they uh, la- uh, laid off a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, Not to be confused with Mac and me. That's right. <laughs> the movie Paul Rudd shows <laughs> clips of every time he goes on <laughs> the talk show. That's, that's correct. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Michael Moore goes around and, and shows uh, the lives of the people around Flint, Michigan mm-hmm. uh, and uh, shows what they're doing while they're being you know unemployed and everything. You got one... You got one woman there who's like skinning rabbits, yeah, and stuff like yeah. that, and it's just it's it's awful and everything. And of course, there's a a whole bunch of him trying to get into the Ford Motor Corporation or whatever, trying to get in for an interview with with Roger Smith, Roger Smith, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of scenes in there where he's like on the doorstep and guards are coming out, turn that camera off, and blah blah blah, and everything. Really good. This is before really Michael good. Moore got uh. I don't know if you would say shitty is the right. I mean, he. You think he got shit? I, I'm. He, I think he's still there. His his documentaries are just way too one sided and put him in it too much and, uh, like even stuff like Fahrenheit nine eleven, which was his Oscar winning one. Like at the very beginning, it's like showing George Bush getting his tie straightened and everything, and it's like, oh, what an asshole! Yeah. <laughs> I'll know? tell you this much: I have, I have a not very high opinion of Michael Moore. In fact, we have a sins video coming up tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, as we record this, a week, two weeks ago, yeah, as yeah. you listen yeah. to it for Pitch Perfect Three. Where <laughs> have you seen this movie? Yes. Okay, so where uh, Higgins and Elizabeth Banks are running after Anna Kendrick on the sidewalk in, like, a city, mm-hmm. and they're, like, narrating their documentary. The sin I wrote is Michael Moore would call this a documentary. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because what did it for me was actually the one before that. It was Bowling for Columbine. Yeah, we yeah. We did the whole thing going to Charlton Heston's house yep. and basically manipulating the situation yeah. in ways that would make him look good and Heston look bad, and yet he keeps calling his films documentaries. And at some point, yes, if you point a camera at something, you have influence over the thing you're filming, and no documentary is purely just showing you something. There's a way to but, make your point without geez. inserting yourself into it, and and yes, you need to have a perspective, You, you de- but I feel like you need to kind of have some... Because he doesn't he go to like the company, either Walmart or some company that sells guns, he, he goes go to their to headquarters Walmart. and starts making a bunch of noise. That's the Tom Green well, of he, filmmaking. I mean, he brought a dude that was that was uh, injured by one of their guns. Exactly. It's stunt filmmaking. You're not it actually is. trying to have a conversation. You're trying to gotcha people. That's the point, because there because there is a point. A, but to a lot of these I'm things, saying, politically, the, I agree with a lot of what he's trying to say. Yeah, the method by which he goes about this is, it, it's entertaining. It does have a point. Sometimes it's what I think is the right point. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's just his brand of doing things. And sometimes, especially when I'm like on board with what he's saying, like I'll, I'll be like, yeah, man, good, stick it to the man, mm-hmm. like he did in Roger and Me. This is a. A story that needed to be told, and he, really, I think I only told it because it was so personally affecting to him because yeah, he's from Flint. He's from Flint, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a story that maybe if you sanitize it and you get a meeting with Roger Smith and he's got time to prepare and he's gone through his lawyers and stuff like that, 
then you're going to get a different story than if you're going guerrilla style. Then and that why kind of thing. make a movie to expose this travesty as opposed to going to 60 minutes? Like, aren't there other ways to make noise if there's an injustice? Well, I mean, he, there's a financial a thing, too. I mean, he, he got paid for it. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I just I've got a bad taste in my mouth about that, dude. I, I completely understand it. And I probably enjoy his movies more. Enjoy. I mean, they're, they're never really about anything that's enjoyable. No, no. they're always sad. And hard <laughs> but to watch. Uh, but I mean, the way that he does it and he uses cartoons and some things mm-hmm. and he uses, you know, actual interviews, well, uh, you know. And uh, and Matt Stone wasn't very happy about how he was used in Bowling for Columbine. Oh, he wasn't? No. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what exactly it was. The, that that South Park like cartoon, I don't think they were happy about. Oh, yeah. They put in Bowling for Columbine, but I know that he was not happy with how Bowling for Columbine. That's why later on in Team America, they were making fun of him and everything mm-hmm. about how he is so very fat. That's the joke. He is. Yeah, um, he's a big boy. But uh, anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a that's a that's an interesting thing we need to discuss at some point. Mm-hmm. Michael Moore's documentary style is that something that we I, I feel like that's way over the line well do do you watch john oliver on hbo and consider that a documentary no or do you consider it a one-sided comedy tinged news program like i do yeah that you either agree with or you don't mm-hmm. i feel like that's what michael moore's doing he just calls them documentaries i wish if he would if he would call them opinion movies if he would give them yeah. titles yeah, and call them point. something else but but sliding into that documentary that for so long was a sacred place, the yeah. documentary category. And he's he's blurring that line and it frustrates me. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. You could call them editorials, not documentaries. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. We just solved the problem. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh then there's a semi pro. Uh this was a this was a time where Will Ferrell took every sports comedy known to man. Like yeah. everything was sports comedy. And it'll probably end up being only three sports comedies. No, I mean, we had Blades of Glory. Screaming, Blades of Glory, Semi-Pro. And then Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. And then he did that, not a movie, but he did that baseball thing for spring training where he played for every team in spring training. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I forgot It was basically a sports sports comedy. I actually caught Semi-Pro two days ago. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's the the aesthetic that he was going for, Mm -hmm. like the scuzzy Detroit you know 70s feel and everything yeah. but it's it's not it's not it's not a, a good movie no. it's woody harrelson i mean it, it, there's something about this movie because it's got all the elements of the ones that i love like talented nights and stuff like that but it's just it's scuzzed up enough to where it, it's i don't know it does kinda, have a funny moment in it though where woody harrelson is uh is uh, about to have sex with this Rob Corddry's wife. And Rob Corddry's like, oh, my wife's having sex with that guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> my favorite basketball player. Yeah. He slides in and yeah. like, watches it. Yeah, yeah. Is it more a tyranny? Oh, it could be. I think it is more a tyranny. It could be more a tyranny. But uh, yeah, and there's some, and uh, what's, yeah, is that's it, right. Isn't the, and there's another one where he, another part where he like, uh, uh, a, a grizzly bear gets loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they bring the bear. Yeah. It's uh, like, this is a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there's Tape. Richard Linkletter made a movie with uh, Robert Sean Leonard, Uma Thurman, and Ethan Hawke. And that's it. And yeah, that's it. Have and you it, seen this? Yes, I have. Oh, man. This is good. And then I think of maybe of all, like, this movie was made before Me Too movement. And mm-hmm. this is a Me Too type movie. Mm. Uh, don't you think? I'm trying to think of what what are Robert, you referring so to so robert sean leonard uh, is 
is either accused by Ethan Hawke or Ethan Hawke accused Robert Sean Leonard of doing something with Uma Thurman in the in the and Uma Thurman wants to forget about it. Oh, and, I forgot about that aspect of it. By, I know that they had had sex while she was dating the other one. By the end of it, she's she's like, you know what you did. I don't want to hear you're sorry for it. Blah, 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 blah. Now, I haven't seen tape in forever, so maybe I'm misremembering whatever. I'll, uh, I'll look into it. But that. I do believe that's kind of how that movie goes. It's Man, a dialogue-driven thing. It's, it's all it's, it's, it's a hotel room the entire yeah. time. Yeah it's uh i mean it's yeah dialogue driven just like the before uh trilogy and of course ethan hawk is in there too but yeah the sings man i mean just the 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 back and forth between these three you can tell that they had spent a lot of time together probably in that room running over this and doing it essentially like a play i think he recorded it on a camcorder mm -hmm. a couple um, of them spent time filming dead poet society spent time together <laughs> yeah that's true yep i forgot about yep, that that was uh like uh 12 years prior i'll tell you what i love me some robert sean leonard mm -hmm. yeah, i do man. too i mean i pretty much like anything that he's like his performance in anything like he's I don't great in think house to show house works without his character definitely not definitely and not. without him playing it so well mm -hmm. you have to have somebody that can talk to house that way when nobody else can yeah and he he made that show work yeah especially because he essentially sometimes enables him because he's no he's going to do it anyway yeah and he'll just be like i'm going to let this go and then pick my battle somewhere yeah. else <laughs> and that was a frustrating part of the show to me but he plays it just perfectly yeah yeah um yeah this is what that movie's about interesting i mean I at least part, part of it. it at least part of it and uh it's it's complex mm -hmm. it's uh uh, it's one of those. It's one of those that doesn't have easy answers. Um, I want to watch this again. This I do was too. Like 2001. Yeah, 2001. Yeah. I do want to see this again. It's yeah. It's one of those movies where you're like, I don't know exactly what happened, and they kind of keep it under a cloud for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Especially the way Uma Thurman acts in this movie. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, really good, really good mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, then there's True Romance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is where they meet, where Alabama and uh, and Christian Slater meet. Yeah. And uh, they end up obviously going out to L.A. and hooking up with Balthazar Getty and everything. But I think that uh, that Balthazar Getty, that Balky Bartok, <laughs> Bronson Pinchot. Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> um but uh in michigan is where that great uh christopher walk and dennis hopper scene oh yeah, yeah 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 um can i have yeah. one of those chesterfields <laughs> uh one of the greatest scenes i think of the last 30 years a buddy yeah. of mine texted me the other night and said is true romance any good and oh. i was like yeah uh are your kids around <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No and he's like no and i was like yeah and then we started talking about it he's like oh i think i've seen this he was like, isn't, isn't Christopher Walken in this? And I was like, Brad Pitt is in this, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're not you're not prepared for how many people are in this movie. No uh, kidding. I love it. I have to see it again. It's probably been a good 10 years since mm. I've seen it um, mm. from start to finish. But I'm a, I watched it a bunch in college. Mm -hmm. Tarantino uh, sold this script first mm -hmm. uh, and was able to make Reservoir Dogs from it. Um and then Tony Scott ended up directing True Romance, even though it's it's very Tarantino. And it's everything. a really nice marriage of those two styles. It though. is. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is. Because you need like this over-the-top action, you know, shit flying everywhere, but then with that stuff coming out of their mouth, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It, it just works on every... This is like... You wouldn't expect this to become a classic when it came out. Yeah. But like the more and more people watch it, the more like people are texting like, is this any good? They're yeah. going to become fans and... Tell their friends about it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's just everybody who's in it turns in a fun performance. Yeah, 
everybody. This is is this possibly Christian Slater's last big good leading role? You know, I was watching him in something uh, fairly recently, and yes, I think so. I mean, well, <laughs> he's apparently really good in uh, Mr. Robot. I, I've never watched Mr. Robot. Oh, I haven't either. But he's he's sort of been fine being in the background. Yeah, actually, yeah, he's not leading recently. So, like a lot of his stuff that we're we see now is he's sort of a uh yeah he's sort of a supporting character even in like stuff like archer where he's basically playing himself <laughs> yeah, in archer. yeah yeah um uh he he's and that's he's good he's good at that i mean he's good being i'm that. almost surprised that he's not in this uh once upon a time in hollywood yeah yeah <laughs> you know everybody else in hollywood is is in there right movie. right and they're all usually white men <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's a weird time for that. I mean, because yeah, they're all white, mm -hmm. but he's kind of telling a story about a bunch of white people. Yeah, mm -hmm. so yeah, I'm true. not going to judge the casting just yet. That's true. The cast in terms of talent is outstanding. Yeah, no I can't wait to see the movie. And then it's like uh, it's like those super teams like uh, in the NBA where like Golden State will will like win a championship and get to the finals. Yeah, and it's the and then they'll the add Kevin movies. Durant. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. like uh, when they added Pacino to this after all that <laughs> yeah. shit. I was like, are you kidding me? The true romance, yes. Uh, besides the Christian Slater, who's, who's really rocking it in this movie, you have uh, Gary Oldman as a and his in his scene as a drug dealer. It's fantastic. <laughs> Must be white boy day. Um, and uh, yeah, like Jeremy alluded to, Brad Pitt, don't condescend me, man. <laughs> Kick your ass, man. James Gandolfini's oh, in yeah, it. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, he beats the shit out of her. Yeah, mm. Patricia Arquette, who's who's really really cute in this movie oh yeah she is um and uh michael rapaport chris penn's in it yep uh i think samuel jackson is in it for a brief moment <laughs> bronson pinchot <laughs> yeah exactly uh, uh well and uh <laughs> daphne's fiance from fraser is the guy with bronson pinchot the movie producer guy that they're trying to make the deal with saul rubinek i believe is his name yeah oh yeah one of the actors he's wow. he's got a whole arc on fraser where he starts out as niles divorce attorney and ends up engaged to daphne and then daphne leaves him at the altar to be with niles uh, i do remember that episode yeah yeah um so yeah good movie uh then there is tucker the man in his dream what oh, do you think of this movie jesus i haven't seen it in forever um i didn't like it too much yeah that's where i'm at oh really i probably haven't seen it in 15 years and didn't like it francis ford coppola this is his francis ford coppola's last like probably widely considered as being a, a decent movie really uh yeah i think so don't remember it being considered decent actually uh, i think so so this is jeff bridges and and uh, playing a really compelling story this guy yeah. is an automaker that's trying to fight the 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 big ones you know the the fords and the uh, gmcs and all that mm -hmm. stuff and he makes a terrific brilliant car and he just can't get the 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 funding for the manufacturing but it's and way it too expensive it's way Honestly, too isn't expensive. It loosely based on a real guy yeah yeah, yeah. That was i thought matter yeah. of fact at uh, coppola's vineyard in uh, napa valley he's got a full-size tucker car oh there. really yeah and uh i like this movie a lot i like jeff bridges in this movie I, said, I haven't seen it in forever but i don't remember it being too good for me but uh, i mean it's no I mean, it's coming on the heels of apocalypse now and um what else well he had he had this is like 1988 89 yeah yeah 88 so he had done cotton club and he'd done cotton outsiders mm -hmm. and all that uh uh he definitely hadn't gotten to his jack phase yet um <laughs> but uh, uh it's at 6.9 imdb 84 percent run tomatoes so but it, it does show like yeah like if you you, you know an idea is one thing but it if you can't make it affordable and for everybody then you yeah. know it's, it's bound to fail yeah uh and then we have sophia coppola's the virgin suicide yeah wow that doesn't 
strike me as a super Michigan-y film either. It's like Ann Arbor or something like that. This might be one of the few Josh Hartnett uh, performances I like. He's pretty It's good. actually in Gross Point is uh, where this is set. Really? Yeah. But this movie's got a million people in it. Well, yeah. James Woods and Kathleen Turner. And uh, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. One of her other sisters is somebody famous now. Uh, Josh Hartnett. There's a... Uh, Kid Across the Street. Scott Glenn, Danny DeVito... Oh, Hannah Hall, who played um, who played young Jenny and Forrest Gump, is in this. Oh, wow. Hayden Christensen is in it. Oh, yeah, Hayden Christensen. So we like this movie, right? I like it a lot. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I very much I so. mean, it's, you know, given what what your journey in life has been like, it may be harder to watch than other films. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It is depressing as fuck. It is. It's, it's got, atmospheric. But, yes, that's the thing about it. that get, sort of draws you in. And she's kept that throughout her entire career. Yeah, my, and it uh, works uh, sometimes and it doesn't in others. Right. I I was telling Chris that my wife was watching The Beguiled yeah. uh, a, a couple of days ago, and you've seen this, right? Yeah. And she was describing it as like a misery type of type of thing. It kind of is. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. But I saw I saw just a, a few minutes of it, and it it, it kind of had that vibe, like super gauzy atmosphere. Yeah. Again, Marie Antoinette is mm-hmm. on in our house a couple times a year because it looks so pretty yeah and it's got that it sets that tone so well she's got talent mm-hmm. um it's just she doesn't always put it all together the way she does here or with lost in translation mm-hmm. um this one has more story i think it does the they tell you right up front all these girls kill themselves together in some kind of a weird sister pact mm-hmm. now here's the last few days of their lives and um you know it, it's great though it like, is yeah um okay so now you have the uh, trip fontaine that's who hartnett plays i just just came to me his name is trip fontaine am i wrong uh, i don't think you're wrong trip fontaine there that's you it. go yeah. yeah okay so now we have the rundown and i'm going to introduce a couple of others into this uh this list but uh first we'll go through the ones here action jackson never saw it carl weathers right yeah carl no. weathers uh this is one of those movies that i every time i walked into a video store in the 80s i would somehow run into action jackson what's well, on the a's you yeah. see that the first thing yeah uh never saw it though anybody else see nope. alex cross which was the uh tyler perry version oh, of alex cross i have seen this uh oh really this was back when i was doing reviews with dicer for his podcast but before cinema sins was really doing anything mm-hmm. and so yeah uh, the guy from party of five is in this uh, <laughs> <laughs> well the guy from lost too i can't think of his name matthew whatever matthew fox matthew fox oh yeah he's the psycho killer <laughs> it goes a little too far over the top oh my i couldn't even imagine him playing that that kind of character yeah so he oh. probably just like decided to mash down this on the accelerator not good like it's so bad i ended up feeling sorry for tyler perry what is the other version of alex cross uh it's morgan freeman kiss the girls and oh that's right uh, yeah. along came a spider yeah. and those are both watchable if not great mm-hmm. um there were doors there were walls <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah this is uh trying to a la jack ryan youngify the character to jump start a new franchise but then they only gave it like a two million dollar budget and mm-hmm. it shows at every turn oh it's really not, oh it's one of the worst movies i've seen uh then there is uh anatomy of a murder which sounds like a hitchcock movie but it's not it's not but it's around that area yeah too. It, yeah like it's got era. james stewart in it and everything yeah. <laughs> it was otto preminger made this movie oh, okay. um but uh i don't know if i've ever seen anatomy of a murder i've seen the poster about a million times and i could have sworn it was a hitchcock movie because yeah. it was like 1958 or something like it was that 59 and um it's got an 8.1 imdb i, have to I check it may out. have seen this but i don't remember anything about it 
but uh yeah apparently it's really really good hmm. uh then there's it, it, now is this center stage turn it up that's the sequel to center stage yeah well the Did first one takes place stage? in new york city doesn't yeah, it yeah. like juilliard <laughs> i saw the first one um it's okay zoe saldana's in that yeah it's like really? one of the first roles that i ever saw her from huh. Yeah, uh, I it, you yeah. didn't see Turn It Up. I didn't see Turn It Up. <laughs> I didn't see the sequel. No. Uh, then there is uh, the company you keep, the Robert Redford Shia LaBeouf movie. I did see that. Okay. I, I figured this is something that you would see for for whatever reason, because Redford like produced, directed, acts in it, and everything. I'm trying to remember because I also saw the one where Redford plays Tom Brokaw, like the same week, oh, or really? Dan Rather, whichever that one. Oh was. God, I forgot got, about that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, though? yeah, yeah, yeah. What up close and personal? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually more a movie about his producer, Kate Blanchett plays her. Uh-huh. Um, but Redford's in the film, and it's about the scandal when they got something wrong about Bush being a fighter pilot or something. Oh, that was that'd be rather than. Yeah. Um and so I saw that the same week I saw this, mm-hmm. and they bleed together a bit. But if I'm not mistaken, he's Red, Redford's some kind of guy that Shy is chasing a, a news story. Shy is a journalist, and he's trying to get this guy to complete his story or something. Mm. Yeah, sure. he's he was a a, a member. Uh, Redford was a member of the Weather Underground, the anti-Vietnam stuff. That's right. And That's he's trying right. to get his story. Right. Um, and Shy is all like, you know, scuzzed up for this, even more so than he mm. normally is now. Yeah, no, he's scuzzed up pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, it was watchable, but not great. Yeah. yeah. Then there's a, a movie called Flint. I've never seen that. That was the uh, the dramatic representation of the Flint water crisis. The water, th- okay. And somehow Michael Moore wasn't involved in that. No, I I think he has actually made at least like some sort of short on the water crisis, but I don't think he's he's done a few. Can I ask? Something. Can I ask a question? Is that still going on? Depends on who you ask. Um, well, that shouldn't be the case. Exactly. This should be something knowable. Well, I was actually listening on the way over here to an NPR report uh, about this doctor, this pediatrician, that proved without a shadow of a doubt that these were toxic levels. And the uh, the city government and the state government were shutting her down at every at every turn, saying discrediting her as a physician, and it, it's just a big fucking mess. So now they're saying everything's cool now, completely you know replace the lead and everything. But there are reports that it they haven't uh, completely. Uh, I'm that up. legit impressed those people haven't rioted yet. Yeah, I know, I know. Can you imagine? I, I can't. can't. Imagine. Well, and you know at the same time. How many places is this going on? We just haven't figured it out yet. Probably a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, we yep. suck. We are yeah. so we really sucky. Suck. We really are. We're terrible. Yeah. Uh, then there's four brothers. Uh, this is a Mark Wahlberg, Tyrese Gibson, Andre Benjamin, and Garrett s- Hedlund movie. I saw this everywhere. I saw like this on demand. I saw it in the video. It's a stores decent movie. Is it good? Yeah. Um, I don't remember much about it, but I remember thinking it was all right. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it. Um, and then uh, gridlocked. We you know without the e and there's apostrophe. Tupac? Yeah, yeah, Tupac. Uh, I never saw this. I didn't either. Tupac. Uh, Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then there's a movie called Hardcore. What is that about? You're not hardcore. <laughs> I, uh, Jeremy, you can at least see Unless this. You live Come over and look at this. Uh, this poster. Oh my God, that's my daughter, and it's got a guy with his head in his hands. What year was this? 1979. George C. Scott. George C. Scott. Peter Boyle. Yes. Holy shit. The poster is literally black on top, white on the bottom. It says, oh, my my God, God, that's that's my my daughter. daughter. And it's him going. Yeah, it's he's got his got his hands on his head. And there's a picture on the IMDb 
of uh, of Scott on the phone and a girl with her legs spread in front of him, and he's just on the phone with a cigarette smoke around him. And like you look at the other, you look the next picture is that girl on the phone, and she's just got his her legs spread out in front of him, and oh she's like, God. "I wonder if that's his daughter." Uh, <laughs> That'd be fucking crazy. God. I have um, never seen this. I didn't even know it existed. Ooh, but wow, yeah, don't but, even try to Google it, please. No, no. Hardcore movie. Yeah, don't. That's impossible. Yes, it's impossible. Really, the only way you can go about this is the IMDb and <laughs> yes. find the 1979. Be safe out there. <laughs> yeah, be safe out there. Then there's Only Lovers Left Alive. I haven't seen that. I want to. This is Jim Jarmusch and Tilda Swinton. And oh. uh, I forget the guy that's in this. It's a vampire movie. Jason Patrick. <laughs> yep yep that's right that's correct uh but apparently it's it's gorgeous it's it's about like two vampires that are in love with each other that span the course of s- centuries hmm. um, that's intriguing and you know i'm always on the the jim jarm yeah train, yeah so. and then there's need for speed that's uh isn't that uh aaron paul aaron paul yeah i saw that oh yeah how is it <sighs> look if you have enough money to throw at aaron paul and make your movie look as slick as Fast and Furious and mm-hmm. get all these badass cars. You have enough money to hire somebody to write a story. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any story to this. There's right? no story. There's less story than a Fast and Furious movie. It's this based is... on a video game, right? Yes. Well, yes, it is based on a video game. <laughs> just sort of a universal bad sign. <laughs> but it's just clearly another studio going, Fast and Furious is so goddamn popular. Let's get some more pretty faces and fast cars in our own franchise. And then they, they literally stopped doing work after that. <laughs> and it's just bland, bland as hell. Yeah. Uh, I think they were trying to get that Fast and Furious cash because they came out with it in like April, I think, or whatever. Yep. And they thought, well, if we come out with this fast car movie in April, it'll do like Fast and Furious. Well, and there's like a pretty girl and like one of his buddies is somebody who went on to be something. They they, <laughs> they, they cast well enough. They just didn't make a decent movie. Mm. Uh, then there's The Road to Wellville. This is a movie about, this is where Anthony Hopkins plays uh, Kellogg. Yep. And, Kellogg was a fucked up dude, man. Yeah, and it's uh, and he and like the main what is the main thing that he's trying to do? And if it follows the the real story of uh, Kellogg, who invented the cereal and was also like this uh, this super conservative uh, doctor in Michigan, uh, he would be like super anti masturbation, super mm-hmm. anti sex outside of any you know marital construct or anything like that. And like living a clean life, mm-hmm. uh, but clean life meaning like puritanical in his his point of view. Yeah. So I, I don't remember, know how much the movie goes. Into I remember it. Matthew Broderick was in it, and I think Bridget Fonda was in it. Mm. Uh, the only thing I remember about the Road to Wellville was there was a part. And of course, I was I think I was fifteen when this movie came out. So the only thing I really remember about it is that there's a part where uh, he's he's upset that matthew broderick's stool is not as big as it should be or whatever and he's like look at mine it's gigantic and that's the only thing that i remember about that movie all right well i know i saw it i literally remember nothing yeah Yeah. i couldn't have even told you that (laughs) yeah it it probably has something to do with what you're talking about that guy was fucked up yeah yeah and then there's why him i never saw that oh i did did you see that i kind of was interested in it i mean it held my attention better than the internship Mm. Uh, but it's not very good is it not funny it's not it's not funny yeah i mean part of the problem i think is that it's it's going to be more difficult for him to to turn that corner back to malcolm in the middle dad style comedy after breaking bad 
This is Brian Cranston. Yeah, and, and be able to sell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you cast James Franco <laughs> yep. to play James Franco light, basically. Yeah. Like, everything he's doing that the movie is telling you is over the top and crude seems like everyday James <laughs> Franco shit. Yeah. And uh, so just it, none of it really lands very well. <laughs> and at least it's short. I remember it being short. Nice. I know uh, <laughs> Zoe Dutch is in this, too. Zoe, Zoe Dutch. She, and I did not realize until the Maltons came out here that she is Leah Thompson's daughter. Oh, oh wow. it makes a lot of sense when you mm-hmm. see her and everything. I just, I, I just, ne- for whatever reason, I never, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, there's a couple others that I wanted to bring up, uh, and not because they're any, you know, super great or anything, but there was an HBO show called Hung, which uh, was based, oh in the, yeah, was based yeah. in Detroit, the Punisher, it, right? Yeah, it had Thomas Jane, Thomas Jane, yeah, Thomas Jane. Um, he's a mimbo. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> He's he's got a very giant penis apparently. He's a male bimbo. Yeah. <laughs> he's and, a bimbo. And uh and so like the he's he to to earn money, he's uh he's he's selling himself to to women and he's got a variety of people who try to pimp him out throughout the movie. Once Jane Adams tries to tries to do it and then there's another woman who who tries to and then like another guy comes in a guy from walking dead i know who was in the first episode of the walking dead the black guy that was in oh that. lenny james lenny james he's in it for a while and he's like dude you need to start having sex with other dudes before you know <laughs> if you're gonna make any money doing this and everything <laughs> and uh second season it just petered out completely mm. petered out. Uh, <laughs> nice nice <laughs> I wish that were unintentional. <laughs> uh, and then there was another one. Uh, uh, somebody on Facebook uh, was like, when you get to Michigan, watch this movie. And I watched it. It was a Jeff Daniels directorial debut. And it's called Escanaba in the Moonlight. Escanaba is a town in Michigan. And it's hmm. on the UP because nice. you hear the UP a bunch in oh. this and whatever. It is about a guy who uh, is in his 40s who has never bagged a buck in his life. And his family is is like, oh, you're such a loser for not ever landing a buck in your life. So they go out there. They have an annual hunting trip. And they go out to this cabin. And then it is a crazy-ass movie that becomes very much like a combination of like Evil Dead and like Strange Brew huh. or whatever. Because uh, it's a comedy, essentially. Um, and... Uh, jeff daniel there's like a point where aliens are involved there's a point where a park ranger shows up and claims he's seen god around the camp there is uh just a, there's a there's a part where they ha- where jeff daniels gets in a trance and they have to get one of the brothers to fart in his face in order to get him out of that trance it is such a goofy movie and it's it's perfectly harmless <laughs> totally fine as what it is you can tell it's kind of a cheap cheaply made oh, whatever interesting. And uh would you recommend it? Uh, it's a it's a novelty. I would say, yeah, if you have any time at all. Like, I mean, if you're, if, I mean, just to see Jeff Daniels directing his first movie, mm-hmm. that's that's a that's sort of an interest uh, point to it. But uh, it's got it's got some moments in it. It's it'd be a wreck of worn probably if I were to uh, say anything about it. But yeah, it's uh, uh I get I, I was wondering about Jeff Daniels. Apparently, he was born in Atlanta, but he moved to Michigan. <laughs> that's michigan folks that's michigan yeah yeah nothing else was ever made about michigan nope (laughs) that's correct this is it this encompasses everything Uh, this this had a lot of uh movies that i liked on it yeah this Um, is one of the first ones that almost every one of them that you listed i'd seen yeah that's awesome it's uh there's very there's very few in this list i haven't seen Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you want to run through some questions? Yeah. Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. Oh, I like this question. Slightly weird question, but I think it could be entertaining to see where you guys take this. What is the sexiest non-sex scene in a movie? Mm. This person's pick is the shower scene from Pitch Perfect with Anna Kendrick and Brittany Snow. Yeah, oh. my God. That's a great scene. Yep. Yeah, my response, I do feel it's a little bit cheating to say your sexy scene that's not a sex scene is one that contains two hot naked ladies. Yeah, but they're not they're, they're not sexing. No, they're not, but, you know, neither is Charlize in the pool in Reindeer Games. What's the deal with, uh, with, Br- with Britney Snow where she's like, is she always like grabbing her boobs or something like that? Uh, that- I think just the fact that she's just standing there and talking to her. She is- just rips open the curtain and Anna Kendrick is like, uh, we're both naked here. She and- grabs her boobs in Pitch Perfect 3. She does. Just for no mm. reason whatsoever. Yes. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of things that happen in Pitch Perfect 3 for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, the like whole fucking movie. Accent. <laughs> um, so I, I decided to, to I force myself into a very strict interpretation of this question. I'm not going to force you guys to follow the same rule. But right. I wanted to find something that didn't have naked ladies in it. Uh, and that was not even traditionally sexual so i went with uh there's two scenes in the movie chef there's actually several ah. scenes in the movie chef where he's prepping food that are awesome um but there's two in the first 20 minutes the very opening scene is him doing some prep but then there's a a, se- a section where he's basically making a tasting menu mm-hmm. um yeah. and you see it's about maybe a minute and a half long uh God, I, re- I watched the scene again yesterday. Oh, it's the, I like it like that. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah, yeah. it Rodriguez. like that. I like it. And he's like doing all this cutting and God, I want to have sex with that food. Yeah. Like it, that food scene gives me food boners. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, when Sexy. he's, when he's, because I think it pans down when he's cutting like at the superhuman speed. Yes. And he's not even looking at the knife. He's like yeah. looking over there he's looking and at, like, it pans down. He's like, because he actually trained with people like David Chang and other chefs like, he was that actually him? Favreau? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, was that actually him doing yeah, all the knife Yeah, pants shit? down. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess they could have cut it at the thing, but yeah. he, I've, I've seen behind the scenes footage of him in the kitchen with famous awesome. ass chefs learning. He, well, it was very important to him to be authentic. And when you watch this meal prep scene, if you've watched any food shows with real <laughs> chefs like I have, you can tell. Like he. Oh, yeah. It looks like he's really that it's good all in like the uniform and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and well, just all the moves he makes from just the way he drops the garlic cloves into the blender. It's the way you know bourdain and chef ramsey and all these other chefs do it and mm. just carries himself in that kitchen so authentically i bet real chefs fucking love that movie yeah because, because of that mm-hmm. yeah um but it's anyway that, that that scene was my favorite the first time i saw the movie <laughs> but that's that's some sexy shit that yeah sexy. for sexy. sure for sure uh mine is gonna be in uh before sunset uh there is a okay so setting this up before sunrise julie 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 delpy and ethan hawk have a conversation uh i can't were they in paris they were i think they're in paris in the second movie in the first movie they're in uh they're in europe they're in europe i don't know if it's paris um anyway they the before sunrise is such a great movie it's just a walk and talk throughout Mm -hmm. the whole thing very romantic movie um and and so like by the end of it they say we're gonna see each other in 10 years in the same spot whatever 10 years later they make before sunset and i think sort of by some serendipity they've run into each other again and and uh and so they're having the it's another one of these where they're walking and talking and everything by the end of it ethan hawk has to catch a plane he has to go back to the states and he's sitting in her apartment 
in a, on a on a chair and she starts dancing to this song or whatever and uh and uh and and it's like you know he's all he's he's pretty much late for his plane already but mm-hmm. they have this long conversation in her apartment and she's dancing of course julie delpy is one of the most beautiful women in the mm-hmm. world uh and she's dancing and she's like at the very end i mean this is a very ending line she goes you're gonna miss that plane <laughs> and he's just looking at her like yeah i am that's a great scene yeah it really is i love the one i think it's the first movie it's not quite so sexy but i think they're in an elevator and they just take turns looking at each other when the other one's not yeah looking at them. yeah mm-hmm. they do it like six times back and forth and it's just so organic like mm-hmm. you almost have to believe they were falling in love for real while they were shooting that it, scene it's so like it, it, i i feel that way too like i feel like they almost should be together yeah like that's how good they are at, in everything and like you watch that whole trilogy and you're like damn man i it, it feels like you guys are together and then they show they, they show up in uh uh, what's the waking life they show up oh yeah, oh. yeah. And, and i don't know if they're i think they are playing the same characters in mm-hmm. that too uh of course it's all richard Linklater right. and everything uh but yeah that scene she's dancing ah <laughs> uh, good she's, stuff yeah i did not keep myself to your parameters Jeremy. i didn't say you had to um i got i got a couple uh one is just so obvious that i have to mention it but it's cheating it's sama hayek stance and from dust told dawn mm, yeah and there's no sex involved or anything like that there's a little bit of toe sucking happening but <laughs> that's a tarantino thing some people would actually define that as sex just uh, possibly mm-hmm. uh but it's a, a band called tito and the tarantula is the the house band at that's the titty right. twister mm-hmm. and they play this song called after dark and it's uh oh yeah santanica pandemonium yeah. is her character and she's the head vampirist or whatever and she comes out to do not even a strip tease. It's a strip club. It's mm-hmm. just a dance. Yeah. And it's this wonderful, like, like Mexican beat. And she does her, her whole, like, uh, you know, writhing thing with the snake. And then she starts walking on the fucking tables. And the funniest thing about this is uh, she's walking towards Quentin Tarantino. And uh, <laughs> George Clooney, like, once she walks past him, he's shocked. He's this hardened criminal, this uh, this Seth Gecko guy, and uh, as he, she walks by, he's just like, it, like backing off almost because he can't handle the sexy. <laughs> Man. And she's going straight for Tarantino, and she takes this bottle of whiskey and puts her leg up to her mouth and just yep. trickles it down her toe. Man. Jesus 19, Christ. 1996 Salma Hayek was a bad motherfucker. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, and and God bless her. I mean. It, it, I'm trying to do this without being pervy, but she's very, extremely curvy. Yes. Um, to where it didn't even look human, but mm-hmm. it, but it, but it was. Yeah. And it's an incredibly sexy scene. Um, now that's that's basically it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've I've already out sexied myself. Yeah. Uh, let's do uh, just a couple more. Question for the podcast: Hereditary is one of the best movies I've seen in a theater to utilize the surround sound in a, in an effective way. Uh, I assume Quiet Place is, should be in this category too. Um, mm. I don't know if the surround sound is a, is a thing. I, I think there is some good surround sound in that. I I I don't remember there. I mean, it would be very sparse if okay. it had been used. But but um, he's they're right about Hereditary. By the way, the surround sounds phenomenal in that. What movie, in your opinion, best uses surround sound? Mm. Now 
I know that I've probably seen better movies and better implementations of surround sound, but the thing that kept coming up in my head when I when I was thinking about this question was the Summer of Sam. <laughs> and oh, wow. uh and it's because there's a scene in, where anytime where Spike Lee focuses on Berkowitz at all in it, there's a fly flying around oh. and it's all in the surrounds. Oh, so it yeah. feels like it's in your head almost. So you're, you're watching it. It's like, that's oh. such a cool you know? little bit. And, and the movie itself, I haven't seen it in forever. Um, it's not very good. It, yeah. I mean, I, I like it better than most, but, um but uh yeah that that just seemed particularly effective i know there's other movies out there that probably done better surround sound but that was the one that stuck out in my head no that's cool because it's a it's a subtle way to use it mm -hmm. rather than you know the thx thing or like the you know the things that the shards breaking off and you hear it in the individual speakers. yeah yeah there's an awful lot to like about mad max fury road oh yeah oh yeah and we saw this at the famous Chinese theater in L.A., mm -hmm. and so the presentation was on point. Oh, so good. And I walked out of this movie thinking about the sound more than anything. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. the, the visuals are incredible. And yeah. ultimately, I've settled into just appreciating all of it. But that first viewing experience, the way the sound was just dancing all the fuck around mm -hmm. me was insane. And again, it's one of the... One of the things about this question, like I've, I've only ever seen Summer of Sam on my television and mm -hmm. I don't have a surround sound system at home. Yeah. I would never have even known that was there. Mm -hmm. uh, and if, if you didn't see Mad Max Fury Road in the theater and you don't have a surround sound system at home, you're not going to know all that shit, all the extra effort they went through to make that experience so Jesus, immersive. What a singular yeah. uh, movie going experience God, that was. Yeah. I will never fucking forget it. <laughs> yeah. That Mad Max Fury Road shit. Man, that was the best fucking thing ever. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a perfect movie to see yeah. in that environment. And that, yeah. that theater was pristine. The film looked gorgeous. The audio was great. The, uh, the just the the audience participation in the movie the like uh by the end of that sandstorm you hear everybody just taking a breath yeah oh yeah yeah it's one it's that type of thing man what a great great experience that was yeah and then we had a shitty dinner oh yeah yeah we just couldn't find any place that, that oh yeah didn't, remember ha that. didn't take reservation didn't need a reservation <laughs> so we ended up eating at like you know some knockoff of applebee's that Oh, offers you everything that, that was shitty it was like a steakhouse of some sort yeah. and it and it, they took forever to get them to our table and and then yeah like the steaks weren't cooked yeah, right like the golden corral does a steak better than this place <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta hit craft uh when i saw i've talked about it before but i saw the revenant in the theater and the revenant was unbelievable with the sound mm -hmm. uh terrifyingly the other terrifying one uh not in a horror movie was gravity uh, mm. Gravity uses the surround sound, especially For sure. when the the debris is approaching mm -hmm. um, and hitting and hitting and hitting. And there's there's, there's such a sparse score. Two in of the there. three amigos, right there, too, right? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I was thinking about the Revenant. That's just weird that you said. I was thinking about that movie yesterday. I feel like that movie came out. It mm -hmm. was a badass experience. He won an Oscar. Lots of people won Oscars. And I feel like we just all forgot about that. Yes, movie. we did. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only like two or three years ago. I know. But I don't feel like I, I feel like it's been ages since I've heard anybody it's, talk about it's that. It's not on any of the like the, the regular, you know, pay services or anything like that. I don't think it's on Netflix. It's um, yeah, no. I, maybe that's part of it. Yeah. 
It just feels like it's somehow one of those great movies that almost immediately got lost a ton. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but those are great experiences in the theater. The other one that I wanted to mention is Modern Horrors, our buddies uh, that uh, come over here every October at this point. Um, ModernHorrors.com did a short uh, called Bedtime. Have you seen this? Uh, it's called Bedtime. And they were really psyched to, to post this. And uh, so it was, it's on YouTube. You can find it right now. And you never know what you're going to get from these horror guys, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, they consume so many different types of horror. Like, how, how what, what are they going to show us that, uh, that we haven't seen before because they're so knowledgeable about it? And what they did was rely on sound. Hmm. And you have to watch this with headphones or at full volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will creep you the fuck out. It's mm. a very insular story uh, told very simply, but the sound is perfect in this. Yeah. Might, yeah. might Oculus go this shit. Oh, oh that would be fantastic, man. Oh, man. I was going to say, you sold me hard. I'm yeah, watching that when I get it's home. It's good. It's fantastic. Awesome. It's not bloody or anything like that. You want to do one more? Or you want to? Sure, one more. Okay, let's do one more. Oh, let's do this because we mentioned it before. You think we need one more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll get one more. Uh, what is your favorite time capsule film? As in one uh, where the time period in which it was shot almost seems like a character in and of itself. For example, this person would go with Unfriended, which is yeah. a, a good recent example. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with Clueless. Ah, nice. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna look at a particular uh, time, 1995, look fur- no further than that movie. That has a performance by the mighty, mighty boss tones. Yeah, baby. Jesus. Uh, the 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 way people talk uh the the dress mm-hmm. uh everything is is very mid 90s <laughs> Aspe- Brecken Meyer is very mid 90s <laughs> even today yeah exactly <laughs> like you can't you can't look at Brecken Meyer and go you know oh he's that guy's timeless he's from the 90s man I did uh, a little bit of that doesn't Donald Faison have like uh braces yeah i think he does <laughs> like there's just little things in there and like uh uh dion uh oh yeah stacy like dash stacy dash's wardrobe and all that stuff like the little things that they put on it uh the fact that uh uh dude that, that plays the gay love interest yeah. wears like bowling shirts right. and shit like that <laughs> yeah, and does yeah, his hair yeah. like james dean yeah yeah yeah, yeah um and yeah and, and alicia silverstone is i mean that's 90s as fuck mm-hmm. man. yeah although i saw her on colbert recently she still looks fucking amazing well, she's got a new show on the paramount network yeah i think so i think that's right it looks like a, uh it's like a period like an 80s or 70s period piece about um divorced woman hmm. taking control of her own life or something like that i haven't cool. seen it mina savari's in it oh really yes huh. oh. and to promote that we've come full circle as a society she went on that lipstick battle show which i hate oh really and oh she did that uh Iggy Azalea song, but the video oh, is parodying right. Clueless. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Fancy. Huh? Yeah, fancy. Fancy was the song. Fancy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I like that you know that. I'm so fancy. But you know, I, I, you love, I, love, I love Clueless, but mm-hmm. it is, there is, I mean, that is no other era right yeah. there. Yeah. No. You're right. If you want to go back in time, just, <laughs> just uh, watch that. So. Well, my answer, I'm not, again, I, I think I'm sort of breaking from the spirit of the question here. I do that a lot. Because I don't think this movie is a time capsule of the year it came out. But I do think it's a time capsule. You've got mail is my answer. Yeah. Uh, now this is a movie Well, just about anything technology-based, you're yes. going to get this. Anything right on that cusp between, you know, right before smartphones blew up yep. and are everywhere. And so the, this movie is just dated as fuck. 
Isn't it dial-up that they use? Like, a, it's, like there's dial-up. There's literally the "you've got mail" voice, yeah. and then they've got these fucking brick laptops that <laughs> are six inches <laughs> thick after you've opened it up, and they're like typing in their beds and whatnot. Um, don't even think about Wi-Fi or anything like <laughs> yeah. that, and and don't even think about how the fuck did these two people ever get each other's email address to begin with that move the movie probably explains this but i always walk in halfway through my wife was watching it and walk right back out i fucking hate this movie dave Chappelle is hey, in this movie now oh, i'll yeah. tell you you really did deviate from this question because they asked what your favorite one was oh <laughs> i definitely did. i just thought i was supposed to come up with a good example of a date but you know what i wanted to say hackers for a long time i almost put hackers yeah i really misread this question yeah. <laughs> i mean a lot of a lot of uh, the computer like sneakers even though i think sneakers manages to uh go past its datedness yeah. by having a a one key thing that yeah. opens everything which yeah. we've i don't think we've ever has ever been invented yeah. yet, as far as we fucking know. Uh, who knows? But I don't uh, know. Did you not see The Dark Knight Rises? Oh, that's right. The blank shit. slate. <laughs> yeah, right. right. That shit Fuck. is real, dude. Forgot about that. Uh, but, like, you know, sneakers has outdated computer stuff in it. But the fact is that it's not like people like, you know, it's not like a big action scene where people are typing and yeah, shit. Right, yeah. you know? <laughs> you know? and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's just the one key thing that opens everything up. That's how it sort of avoids it. And I thought about war games. Yeah, that's, oh, that's a good one, too. The wizard. Uh, yeah, the, the, the wizard. wizard. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anything like technology based where they, uh, you know, they they do that kind of stuff is uh, going to be a time capsule. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, question asker. I totally misunderstood the question. Well, this is one of my favorites. Uh, and we're all dancing around a, a similar time period but in 1999 there were a bunch of teen movies mm -hmm. that came out that presented teens as talking like adults yeah. essentially acting like adults and wearing a very specific type of clothing mm -hmm. that you would get from like structure or <laughs> somewhere in the eddie bauer in the mall or something like that uh but it was cruel intentions go the mod squad and 10 things i hate about you i don't know if those are in sequential order but they're all like right around that time mm -hmm. frame in 1999 and it's just weird because at the time, and I, I was 18, 19 when, this, when these came out, at the time, I thought I was speaking like an adult, and I was super smart and clever. I don't think I was talking like these people. This, these kids were talking like a 30-year-old screenwriter mm -hmm, yeah. <laughs> wrote the way that they think kids are talking these days. Mm -hmm. And You know, I think the Scream movies helped push this out, too. Well, yeah, yeah it's that and Kevin Smith uh, movies, too. yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they just, when you watch something like Cruel Intentions now, mm -hmm. let's so go because. Oh my God. Cruel Intentions is the worst offender. It this. really is. It's like, those this guys is 1999. Are, those guys are acting like they're 35. Yeah. A couple more. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. And uh, even in 10 Things I Hate About You is, is similar too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, uh, and of course the Mod Squad, Mod Squad was yeah. just a disaster on many levels, but there's just a very late 90s vibe you know to who's all in these the Mod things. Squad. No more ups. Josh Brolin. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's oh, right. oh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, you mentioned Go. Uh, this could also be part of a sexiest scene uh, thing, and it's it's something very simple. <laughs> uh, Katie Holmes is talking to uh, Timothy Oliphant towards the end, and this is before they're hooking up and everything. And uh, and sh and she's and she's like, because uh, you know, for the most part, she's been kidnapped and has to stay at his apartment yeah. the whole time. But like. Uh, towards the end where she, they're like eating breakfast together and everything there's a point where like he's like you know what i like about christmas the surprises and all that but there's this thing that katie holmes does it's so adorable with her shoulder 
where she like points it out towards him while she's talking. Do you know what I'm talking I about, do. Jeremy? I do. She points it towards him for a little bit and then brings it back. Huh. And, and it's just like, it's such a, <laughs> it's such a real type of moment and everything. And she, and Katie Holmes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love me some Katie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a great scene. That is a good one. Mm. 99. 99 was mentioned a lot in this podcast. Yeah. Friend of the show. That's right. Friend of the show, 1999. <laughs> Indeed. That'll do it for this episode. Keep going to Sincast presented by Cinema Sins. On Facebook, keep going to SoundCloud, keep going to Twitter, and tell us what you thought about this episode. Um, anything else that we need to bring? No, I uh, love the comments. We've gotten all kinds of comments. We got a comment on uh, uh, the Covenant. Oh, somebody really? correcting our logic about the Covenant. Yeah, they were dropping some knowledge. Yeah, where they were saying like uh, after eighteen, if you use your powers, then it ages you. Mm. So that's why you get a bunch more power, but you have to like distribute it out over the, the course of your life. Before 18, you can use it with impunity. Oh, uh, <laughs> that makes it all better. Makes it better. <laughs> As you can tell, I forgot about the movie completely after watching it the one time. Uh, but uh, it, I, it's uh, the whole thing was like more power, more power. And I'm like, what? What more power do you need? Anyway, yeah, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure we're fucked up about a lot of seventy percent of the movies that we we talk about. We probably fucked. But it's good. Up. It's good communication. That's Keep right. It Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing I, I love about the comments is that there's always someone who loves that movie <laughs> and they know all the things about it and they're like, tell you stuff and like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, but uh, anyway, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Agnes and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I watched this weird movie yesterday with uh, Dimitri Martin, mm-hmm. like wrote and directed it. Yeah. And Kevin Klein is in it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? Mm-hmm. So like Kevin Klein is his dad and the mom died of, I guess, cancer like a couple years prior. And so Kevin Klein is having this uh, romance with Mary Steenburgen in New York. But Dimitri Martin has sort of run away from his problems and he went to visit L.A. and has just never come back. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Something you said reminded me of that movie. Hmm. Dean? Oh, because he meets a girl there uh, at a party and and then accidentally happens back into her later on. Mm. And then they- <laughs> Into her? Yes. And then, well, they do it. Jillian Jacobs. And then- um, Jillian Jacobs? Mm-hmm. Anyway, Gillian. I enjoyed it. It's Gillian. Gillian Jacobs. That's right. I really enjoyed the film, um, but- all throughout, he's, his character's doodling. He's trying to make some kind of a comic strip book. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dimitri Martin is an artist in real life. I think some of these are his real-life doodles. But one of them he drove was titled LA, L.A. Freeways, and it's literally like a single line from San Francisco to L.A. and L.A. to San Diego. But in every city, it's just like squiggle, 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 squiggle. Yeah. <laughs> Like he draws this like do- tornado of squiggles. And it's all these charming little art pieces in this movie. Anyway. Because there's a stand-up thing that I really love that he does where he's just sitting there playing his like acoustic guitar and he goes through all these little, you know, he says a lot of these like little mini stories or whatever. And, and one of them is about, it's a, it, it, I can't do it justice, but it's basically, he's, he's like, I walked, I walked, one day I walked in on my roommate masturbating or whatever. 
And then he's like, wait a minute, I said that wrong. One day I walked in on my roommate while I was masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you told me about this. I was like, I was like, so, I was like, stripper, eh? <laughs> Let's go and, to the tape. And so I came home. That scene where he gets out of the truck and walks towards the hotel and just starts blood punching everybody yeah. up into the sky. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. That was my favorite outtake in a long time was when you were sitting in here by yourself and oh, that yeah. smelled like doo-doo. <laughs> I wonder. If, I mean, I figured you would hear it eventually. Well, I, I almost went past it because it, there's no waveform right there. Yeah, it's and cool. I was like, oh, there's the, the spot where we're all gone. <laughs> And I just scrolled through it, and I hear this, this whisper. I'm like, what the fuck? Amplified the shit out of it. I was like, yeah, it's perfect. And then it's like the end. I don't, even, the I don't think I even heard what you called me. Silly Willie? Yeah. Oh, Silly Willie. <laughs> I was like sitting there like, huh? I went back and heard it a second time. I was like, oh, I don't, all right. <laughs> uh, we, we ready. We ready. That's the, uh, did you watch any of the MTV movie awards? I watched all of it. <sighs> yeah. I mean, the, the Chloe times Hallie performance was fine yeah but like I, well, what what upset me about that though is that the they're they have two songs that are out yeah. one is the one that's on the wrinkle in time soundtrack and that's the best one mm-hmm. and they played that for two minutes was or, that the first one yeah it was the, the first one yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like a minute and yeah. then they went into the the kids are all right which mm-hmm. is a good song but it ain't that other one mm-hmm. and um yeah, it was a little disappointing to me just because it didn't go through the whole thing. That show, that award show used to be almost up there with the VMAs back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. because they would get the best performances. And then there would be like a couple of awards and it'd be like subversive. I mean, like that that's uh, when Pulp Fiction won for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was a big deal in 94, 95 because it had been shut out of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was nominated, I guess. Yeah, but it got wasn't. nominated, but. But yeah, it was like, oh, this is our awards, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And maybe it is for this there generation. There was something a little off about that one, that 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 show. I don't know what it was. The either the quality of the awards or who they who they who ended up winning. I don't know what it was. But well, you could you tell they're giving it to it seriously. Yeah, they're giving it to whoever's there. Yeah, <laughs> like Michael B. Jordan obviously would win, and that was a whole like well, Twitter they, thing. They, that they came did up. give one to um, uh, what's her name from Stranger Things. Oh, Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> I think in the Fifty Shades Freed in the This Week in Sin that I actually watched this week, I think they recut that scene with uh, with Anastasia and the guy that kidnapped the uh, uh, the sister. I think they recut that with all of Gary Sinise and uh, Mel Gibson's dialogue from Ransom on the phone call. First. Maybe they did. I know that Frank uh, DM'd me on Twitter and said, damn it, I just watched all of Fifty Shades Freed. To, to write outtakes for this This Week in Sin episode, and every single one I wrote, you guys did on the video. And now I've seen this movie, and I don't have any outtakes. And I was like, I basically said, what did I say? You played yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Congratulations, you played yourself. Uh, it's got Sam Elliott. That might be who I'm thinking of. Yeah, it doesn't look like William Sadler's in it, too. Billy Sads. Yeah, Billy Sads, as he's known. Billy Sads. 